Championship two of Hardwood Dynasty and uh, season two of the Hardwood Dynasty podcast. I'm your commissioner and reigning 11th place um, finisher from last year, Ethan Shalom Yal Levine. Um, with me, I have two of the, well, I guess the only two Breeze brothers in uh, this particular league. Max, you might know him as Godzilla Got Busy uh, and Huck, who Who's your wrestler this year? Macho Man Randy Savage. Huck will be the wrestler in whatever league that you see a wrestler in your standings. Fellas, how you doing? Yes. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a wrestler until uh, I win the Royal Rumble. And then that wrestler gets the belt. So, um, and I'll stick with that one. So, it's shocking. See that, a different one every year. You know, it's weird. Doink the Clown uh, was not the one to make it happen, I guess. You know. Yeah, but he <laughs> he really set it up. He really uh you know put it on a pedestal for for uh for old Macho Man. But which by the way, it's his it's his sixty third birthday today. So happy uh, birthday, Randy. Well, I mean, what he's, he's dead. Oh, that's right. Oof. <laughs> that was a long time ago. But <laughs> was wrong. But oof. Yeah, it's all right. No big deal. I'm not taking offense. All right, let's not start the podcast off with that. <laughs> man i didn't yeah that was a huge that was a, a brain fart by your boy but yeah new team name victor's got a new team name victor is addicted to names that involve like a player name pun like rashawn holmes is a fine player but victor's like i love rashawn holmes because his name sounds like something i that sounds like another word so like boom we're golden and he'll be rashawn holmes until he gets bored with it um rashawn holmes or until he drops Rashawn. No, I don't. I, I hope he doesn't. I could see you going after Rashawn Holmes is dropped. Um, you when should. You, uh, when you drop somebody, you know, you have to come up with a new name. That's a lot of work. It is. But he's he's uh, committed to it. Brennan, new name. Couple new guys, but only one of them new name. And this is the content that people tune in for is, is us talking about the team names. A team name updates. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh, so moving past that. Um, 
I wanted to, we have a lot to kind of cover going back to everything from keepers in our draft. And now we're four matchups in, we're in the middle of week five as we record this. So um, this could go any which way, but I want to make sure we hit on every team um, as we go. So I've got them listed out in the reverse standings um, as they are right now. Um, so we'll start with our tier of still winless teams. Um, <laughs> so it's not a tier you want to be in, but, but, uh, but I think these are three teams and one of them has a tie that are kind of in three different stations. So let's start with Neil, uh, white men can't jump. He's Owen four. He, uh, he was shopping James Harden though. I don't know. Uh, how committed he was to that even a couple hours later. Um, but Neil is in an interesting spot because Harden is obviously a subject, one of the focal points of the new officiating and still averaging double-digit assists a game and is a great player, but his scoring's kind of down. And Neil had some lean keepers, and he was really leaning on, no pun intended, uh, James Harden. So that's where I kind of wanted to start with his team is um, – do you guys think that he's in a position where he should try and move James Harden and get some depth? Or do you think he's in a position where he should try and move anything he can, but James Harden, which is how I kind of lean. So I, I don't think, uh, first of all, four weeks into the season, yes, he's Owen four and that's tragic. And it's very sad um, for him, not for us, I guess, but I, I don't think, I think it's a little too early. You know, he played a winning game. And I was one of the first people to try and text him. You know, I, I was like, man, James Harden on Godzilla got busy. That sounds great. Sounds like a great idea. Let's do this. And, uh, you know, I think he was, he considered my offer along with a couple of other offers and gave himself a couple hours to cool off. And he was like, I'm not ready to blow it up. And I was like, okay, I get that. Totally get it. But if you look at what his team's done so far this year, yeah, James Harden's a big part of it. The fact that he's not, scoring nearly as many points still by far the uh, highest point scorer on his team his team can't shoot worth a damn like he has the worst and this is a team that is set up to score points it's a team you know the all of his keepers were guys that scored points last year with the exception of uh, Rui Hachimura who I think we're all just hoping turns into a superstar um, because we have his jersey or maybe that's just me um, but the rest like Jordan Clarkson is has shot over 100 threes. He's shooting 24% from three. Um, uh, Alexander Walker shooting 28% from three. You know, Jalen Green under 28%. Malcolm Brogdon 28%. Like, these guys are shooting so horribly. I mean, Jordan Clarkson is shooting 356 total. And, like, that was sixth man of the year last year. Yeah. I, he, no, I, Malcolm Brogdon's a 50-40-90 guy. Part of this is Neil's roster is so small and relies a lot on guards and guys that handle the ball a lot. And he doesn't have those high percentage big men rolling through, getting a lot of points, but God, he's got to, I mean, dump some of this dead weight that takes so many shots and misses all of them, or just hope it kind of levels out on some of these guys. His team isn't as bad. Like it, it's 0-4, but there are worse teams. I mean, one of them is also 0-4, but there are other teams in the league that I would rank below his rest of season. So, no, I, I think it's a little too early to give up. I I don't – listen, when you're playing Dynasty, 
you can pull the plug whenever you want. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, you're trying to win. You're trying to get first. And if you don't think you can, you can get first. Uh, you can pull the plug. You know, this isn't a one thing season where next season he doesn't get James Harden. And, you know, if he trades him away, then it doesn't really matter. Uh, this is, you know, he's not trying to build for this year. Obviously, you know, what he said both privately and publicly has been, you know, almost immediately after the draft, like, oh, this doesn't look good. <laughs> um, Isaiah Stewart in the third round, uh, you know, he just doesn't stack it with a bunch of players there that you see on other teams that are, that are really, really good. Um, you know, I like Jordan Poole in the 11th. Uh, Darius Basley in the 14th is, is decent. Um, but he's holding on to like Rui. You hope he, he comes back and, and is the Rui that we saw in the first couple of seasons. Uh, but he, you know, really hasn't been hundred percent healthy and hundred percent there for the wizards. Uh, you know, and at that ninth spot, he could give you a lot of value. Um, you know, but he's got some budding people. I had Jaron Jackson all last year. Jaron Jackson is one of those guys where it's like, we, what you think Jaron Jackson can be is not what he is right now. He has so much potential. Um, you think he can be like, not, you know, Embiid style, but somewhere up there, somewhere close to that, maybe like, uh, you know, something like, uh, I don't know. Who, who's that? Who's the power for, for the, for the Mavericks. I'm thinking about uh, Chris Tapps, Porzingis. I think he could be like a Porzingis. Um, but he's just, he's not showing it hundred percent there. Um, you know, he kind of has an older team Harden besides Jaron Jackson and Jalen green Harden and Brogdon, uh, and you know, some of the others, it's just, I don't think he's built for the future to be honest. And so, you know, if he wants to blow it up, I, I absolutely think he can. The problem is with Neil is that he's talked to us or because I, I I think probably he told me like six or seven people came and said, hey, can I get James Harden? And so I came at him with an offer, you know, and what I what I threw at him was uh, Christian Wood to fit in that number three spot of his instead of a crucifix. Or, yeah, Chris, so he could have, you know, maybe that Rockets combo if that's something he would like. Um, sure. But but uh, yeah, so the crucifix and um, who was my second round pick? Uh, Ooh, here, hold on. I have the draft up. I mean, I should know this, right? It's my <laughs> team. Uh, Gordon Hayward. So Christian Wood and Gordon Hayward and I think Mo Bamba who's a good, really good value in the 11th. Uh, and I, he said, no, it's not enough. And the reasoning he gave, which is not hard to argue with, is that our league is so much different than other leagues. So if you look at like Gordon Hayward's notes right now, people look at him as a seventh round pick. And that's in redraft. And that's understandable. Gordon Hayward probably is a seventh round pick in redraft. The problem is we have a bunch of keepers. So in keepers, you can't really project somebody at a certain spot because you don't know who's being kept. You don't know where, where people sit in certain rounds. So when I'm like, Hey, 
you know, I'll, I'll give you Gordon Hayward and his notes say, oh yeah, well, he's, he's looking like he's going to beat his seventh round value. That makes him look like crap. Obviously James Harden is a number one pick. Um, and so he's, it's, it's hard to, even though we've been doing dynasty for what, you know, it's like our third year, it's hard to take somebody like Harden and get somebody or get the, the right value, especially in week four uh, of no, our totally of our whatever. And, and I think with Neil, I also, so I also offered for Harden uh, and I'm not surprised to hear it was like a half dozen plus people did um, may as well at least offer, but Neil, so Neil has had shitty luck with his keepers. One, he didn't keep Ben Simmons, which was the smart move, but he was the dude that had Ben Simmons. And then it ended up, you know, he drafted Ben Simmons in 2019 and now it's all, it's come to this. And so he was down a huge value keeper, um, which hurt. And then Deandre Hunter and, and Rui are two of his other keepers and they have, Rui hasn't played at all this year. Uh, he hasn't even really been practicing with the team very much this year. Hunter just went out for six to eight weeks. Like he's just had his keeper infrastructure has taken hit after hit and it's just been very unlucky. So I tried to make an offer. That's why I don't think he should trade Harden because like Harden is his best keeper. He needs that. But I tried to trade him, um, either Anthony Edwards in the ninth or OG in the 12th. Uh, along with Kawhi in the fourth being like, if you're just trying to turn James Harden into Kawhi and get another keeper upgrade. And he said, no, thank you. And that's fine. But I was, that's the perspective I was coming at it from. Cause that's sort of how I see his team is he's had some, some frustrating luck. And so he's in a bad spot keeper wise. And so like, that's one, why I don't think you trade Harden and two, if you do, you have to upgrade like two keeper spots. And one of those spots would have been Harden, who will go back in the first round, a la Dame this year. We keep talking about Rui right now. Does he even have a job when he comes back? Because, like, the Wizards are winning. Dude, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting because, yeah, the Wizards are winning. Um, Denny Avdia, who was the lottery pick last year um, for us, that dude is playing at an all-defensive level right now. Like, he is in, he's in the closing lineup most nights, and he is an elite defender. And this season, 13 games, and it's been a the Wizards defense is a big part of their improvement. And then Kyle Kuzma is averaging a double-double, I'm pretty sure, this year. And so, yeah, I don't – and Davis Bertans has been out. When he comes back, I'm sure he'll get some minutes because he makes 80 fucking million dollars. Not all this year, but uh, with Rui, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know when he's going to come back. It's been mental health stuff. And so he's like reported back to the team, but he hasn't really been practicing with the players. He's just been like in the facilities with doctors and stuff. So it's all very, I mean, no one really seems to know when he's actually going to start playing. So now it's like that. If the season ends today, you, I don't, even in the ninth round, I don't think you keep Rui. And so it's like now his keepers are taking another hit. Granted, he has like Jalen Green, who he can keep in the future, stuff like that. But I think Huck, your Christian Wood offer makes a lot of sense to me in that same avenue of like being young and in a position that he doesn't really have keepers in right now. He doesn't really have any post keepers. But then you also have the issue of maybe stacking on a team that could set records for being the worst in NBA. True. 
True. Um, but but yeah, no, I mean, there is no blueprint. We haven't really set up a blueprint for how you deal with a bad team. Uh, I had a really bad team last year. And I went and I took my first round pick, Trey Young, and my second round, or my pick that I locked in the second round, which was uh, uh, center for the Suns. Um, Aiden. Yeah, Aiden. He's mine, baby. And I moved him and got LaMelo Ball and yeah. and uh, Jeremy Grant and some other people that I knew would be, you know, better on, better next year. And I just kind of like sat on it. And I knew that if I can free up those top spots, um, one and two, you know, and then kind of fill it in from there, then maybe I'd have a better chance. Uh you don't have to do that, but I, I'm just saying that besides James Harden on Neil's team, there's just not a lot there that you can get some future value for. Maybe Jordan Clarkson, um, but and and Malcolm Brogdon, obviously, he could probably get something for Malcolm Brogdon, who is a fifth rounder, which is you know decent value. Uh, even though Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, how old is Malcolm Brogdon? He's got to be at least 30, right? No, I bet he's like 26. Malcolm Brogdon? Malcolm Brogdon is uh, um, 28. 20, 20, 28, 28. 29 okay. next month. Um, so we're giving you know, the, the 28 and three quarters. 28 and three quarters. So, you know, it's, it's not like he's not terrible, but it's definitely somebody that y- you can that people use this year and um, we'll give you a later, you know, young guy. So, so yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I honestly think that getting rid of Harden and Brogdon is a great idea. Um, the only issue for Neil is that he needs to wait until value kind of shakes out a little bit more because you, almost don't know what you're trading for right now when you're trading for rookies like you know well he needs Clark you know some of these guys water always finds its level and like Jordan Clarkson you would think his shooting percentage will go up thing you know instances like that which one will help Neil in the week to week but two will make those guys more tradable than they are right now I think uh I think we're seeing um through four weeks, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of sort of unusual new statistical trends, be it from the new ball, which I think is much ado about nothing, but gets used as an excuse a lot. Um, and like, obviously the new officiating and stuff like that. So I agree. I think it's wait and see, but he's going to have to, uh, he's going to have to, uh, either have a lot of these guys, pan out for the sake of his keepers or um, get active in trading uh, here in a little bit. I tell you what, so as we, as we go, because this is like the first guy that, you know, people said, Hey, I'm on for, I'd like to trade this person. And there will be more throughout the season. There usually is. I mean, it was me last year. I didn't really accept that until probably six or seven weeks in, but uh, as we go through these teams, we should say, this is probably somebody that I would do for Harden. This is a move because I I looked at my team. It was super tough 
to really make a case for Harden. I couldn't, I couldn't really do it because I didn't want to trade away somebody like John Morant, who I think possibly could be better than Harden. You know, I didn't want to trade away somebody like LaMelo Ball, who is way more value in seventh round than Harden. Uh, and right. other than that, I don't really have much that equals that value um, in the round. Well, so it's like we all made offers and I don't think any of us are think it was anything, any sort of hot take for them to be turned down. But I think it's yeah, it's I don't I I think. He might end up trading Harden this year, but I don't think he wants to trade him for what Harden's market's going to be at this juncture versus Listen, what it might be after Christmas. I'll tell you my offer when we get to my team, and I I want to say I had the best one. Like I don't I don't you probably foresee, did. I told you my offer. I don't, I don't foresee, recall. I don't recall what what it was, but I think Neil said something. Uh, do you have Bam? Who has Bam? Oh, yeah, I got Bam. Oh Max. yeah, yeah. That was the one where it was like, yeah. He he goes. Well, I can't do this one for Christian Wood because somebody offered me Bam in the same round. And I was like, all right, well. Say what you want about the crucifix. He's great, but uh yeah, can't be can't be anywhere near Bam. Bam. Oh yeah. Nope. Daily fantasy star Bam. Yeah, no doubt. For sure. No doubt. All right, let's move to the next. Yes. All right. Um, next, also Owen Ford. <coughs> Luca My Balls, who is Checking a little more this year, but definitely doesn't seem to, to, yeah, he's been making moves. He's been made. He's, he's doesn't have the fewest moves in the league. Are we sure he well, does? The second fewest. I thought he, had, sure. he has five, right? I Which, have to look. Hold on. Ah, uh, yes. He has the second fewest with five in four weeks. That's a little more than one okay, a week. But there's. So he has five, another guy has five, another guy has three, another guy who's in first place has nine. So I'm just saying he's like, I think he's checking more. I don't think that he is. Uh, I mean, he's got his, he's got a full, I haven't seen it, but once or twice that he's like had somebody who was playing in real life that was on his bench, which but every single question, one of us though. did last year. He he sets his lineup. That's never been the question. Yeah, well, last it's, year he didn't set. Last year he just pressed it once for the week and then moved I, on. He was playing injured dudes all the time last I year. I still I think there's still a lot of that going on. Okay, so he's he is second to last in the league in few goals made, um, and then last or near the bottom and damn near every other counting stat aside from turnovers, which he's doing well in as people who don't make moves do. But beyond that, like his percentages are terrible. His counting stats on just beyond points, like assists and steals and blocks, like the difference you're saying first place, Trevor, he's four and oh, he's only made nine moves. Trevor's team is really good. It's really hard to drop people from his team. When your team is this bad, when your Roto score is 38 and the next worst team is 48 and the next worst team after that is 69, nice. Um, and that 69 team is 0-4. Like, I know 0-4 is the worst possible record you can have right now, but really it's like 0-4 in dog years for him. Like, this guy is 0-28 right now. Um, I... I'm glad he's apparently checking more, but it's not enough. Like he came in with some of the most rock solid keepers in the league. Like part of the reason we were like, oh, I'm glad he's staying in the league because he drafted a great team the first year. Like he's doing great. 
Well, yeah, he's got Luca and Jason Tatum and um, didn't have a great draft and, and hasn't addressed the fact that he didn't yeah, I was have gonna a great say, draft. He had a bad draft. He's winning right now against Neil, who we just talked about. It's the other 0-14. He has Dorian Finney-Smith, who I think we've established is a terrible basketball player. Okay, but you don't mean that. That's just your shtick. Like, he has... <laughs> you don't mean that. <laughs> don't tell me what I don't mean. But he's not like, okay, I, like, he was using a lot of logic, and then the Dorian Finney-Smith thing is a long-standing bit that we have. I mean, I don't think Max likes him, but I don't think Max was being scientific with that take. None of this is scientific. He's no, got, but you were using like a lot of logic up until the door. I, I'm not. I didn't mean to sidetrack us. He's the got Dorian two. Smith thing is a bit. He's currently starting two bigs from the Chargers. Okay, like that's not great. I, I mean, dude, Zubac? there's it, okay, but if you look, oh, I mean, Zuba. If you dropped him, somebody else would pick up. I like Zubac. Zubac. I'll pick him up. Yeah, Great. he's pick averaging ten points and eight rebounds a game. What yeah. about Serge? I blocked you. Sergi Baca has been out for part of the year, and yeah, now he's averaging. That's a free. Oh, now he's back out. Yeah, he yeah. could drop Surge. <clears throat> yeah, he's currently uh, he was trying to hold on to Surge. Okay, but I mean, you, I think you, you judge teams based on what their ultimate starting lineup would be, and if this guy can roll out uh, Doncic, Ingram, Tatum, Sabonis, Ben Simmons comes back and decides he wants to play. And Clay Thompson, um, you know, it's it, even what he filled it with, uh, you know, it, it would be hard to say this is not a playoff team. So, I mean, he drafted decent. He's, he has the worst. And again, I'm just looking at the Roto rankings here. He has the worst team in the league and it's not close. And of the guys you named, two of them are currently out. It's the gaps. It's not the fact that Doncic isn't great and Tatum isn't great. It's that everyone else on his team isn't great. Like everybody else is real, real bad. Okay. Well, okay. Well, agree to disagree. He definitely has a couple of guys that he can drop, but he also much like Neil has a couple of guys who he is probably waiting to play better than they have. Uh, Luca being one of them, Tatum being one of them. It's not that they're not playing well, but like he, he, like you could expect either of those guys to be first team all NBA players, and they're not playing like that right now. I mean, Luca is obviously playing incredible, but he's shooting under 31% from three, shooting under 44% from the field, shot much better than that in both splits last year. You know, Jason Tatum, same thing. So, uh, like and yes, Simmons hasn't played. Clay Thompson hasn't played. I agree. He could make more moves and be more competitive, but I also think that he's not making moves because there's guys that he doesn't want to drop. Serge Ibaka is very droppable. How do we feel about Cameron Johnson, who he drafted, by the way? He drafted and has not dropped him all year. This is not an ad to fill a spot. He's currently started by 4% of teams in fantasy, averaging 22-ish minutes and shooting under 35% from the field. Is Cameron Johnson somebody who needs to be owned? Like, and it's, at no point has been dropped. That's tough because the Suns, you know, have been on a huge streak 
and uh, they've also had some gaps in playing time because the Aiton was out for a while, and they you know needed some help with other people being out uh, from time to time. And Johnson's still only getting averaging between twenty and twenty-seven minutes. Now, when eight um, minutes, I, I picked up Frank the Tank. And Frank the Tank delivered. Like, that's what yeah. you do. You you find opportunities where guys are going to actually deliver. Cameron Johnson is what he is at this point. Like, uh, uh, it's it is a, it's not a lack of, I guarantee you, Hurwitz knows more about basketball than I do. It's a lack of effort. I'm not letting him off the hook on this one. I won't. Like, it's his, it's year two of this. Like, how are we how are we making excuses for him? Oh, and four, looking at the Roto rankings. How am I the only one here? Am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> no, I'm not making excuses for him uh, being lazy because that's – I mean, it's it's tough because it's right there on the cusp of things, of the argument here where it's like he plays, he drafts, he pays, he sets his lineup, but he doesn't put up forth that extra effort – to try to make the playoffs or try to like do well. I mean, and yeah, he's just doing us. a Levi. He's just doing a Levi. I bet he tries at least as much as Levi tries in dynasty football. Uh, that's, and that's giving Levi a lot more credit than he does. Okay, so in that sense, last year he was like playing injured dudes and like, and like he probably didn't make five moves the last 15 matchups of the season. So I mean, like, yeah, I agree. He, there's an extra effort that other people are putting in that he's not, and it's reflected in 0 and 4, and it's reflected in Roto. But then also, like, he could beat the other 0 and 4 team this week, who's 21 points ahead of him in Roto. And like Cameron Johnson in the last three games is averaging double figures and over six assists, and he's uh, finally making three pointers, which he's shooting at a worse clip this year than any year in his career, which I didn't know till I just pulled up his career page i don't want to make it seem like i memorized this uh, maybe, shit but maybe the he was just waiting on cameron johnson he's been no I every morning you he, he checks this lineup and goes i promise you oh, not today cameron johnson no but i bet you he has cameron johnson in his mind of like this is a young guy and i'm not like i don't want to drop him just in case and but no i don't think he's probably following his his like line by line uh like his like his night by night stat lines is what I'm trying to say, but I think he has it in his mind that he's like, ooh, Cameron Johnson is pretty young and he averages like ten points, four rebounds, forty percent from three, plays for a really good team. But yeah, now he probably if I said what is Cameron Johnson averaging this season, he probably would be like, I have no idea. Let me look. Seven points, three rebounds, and assists. Yeah, since the draft. Yeah, his numbers are his numbers are are. Much no, that's my point. Yeah, I don't think he's looking at that, but I think he's got Cameron Johnson in his mind for uh, of just like yeah, I don't want to drop this guy yet because he's young. Well, I digress. Uh, uh, if we were still doing matchups, I would pick Neil this week um, because I know that Neil. I mean, shit, just from the text message Neil sent earlier this week, like he's he cares more about winning. So, well, I know I'm, Neil definitely. Yeah, Neil checks. I'm sure every day. Oh yeah, use. I mean, Neil is has been. I mean, Neil was in the group text this week, so yeah. I I texted with Neil today. Like it's you know he, he's very this, aware. Are you saying um, 
Luke, uh, Luke of my balls or whatever his name is, um, would not respond to a text if we sent it. Uh, I, oh, I think tried. he would. Andrew, Andrew's texted with him. He did. Andrew did send him a text. And then a couple days later, Herwitz said, hey, send me the um, send me the the thing with the phone numbers and team names. So I know who this is that's texting me. But then you'll have to I think Andrew said that he texted him back, but I don't think their negotiations went very far. I hmm. know. Uh, I think they actually made a trade. Oh, I think they did. It, yeah, oh, Andrew stuck they did. with it. Yeah, Andrew traded Derek Rose for Nurkic, which that's I mean, right. I mean, could, like, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm well. If you're in that sense, if you're talking about Hurwitz isn't trying, I mean, Yahoo loves Derek Rose more than Nurkic. A lot of that is on like field goal percentages. I don't necessarily really agree with how Yahoo ranks because I think they wait percentages too much and i think counting stats matter more but they rank derrick rose very very high it's not the most egregious trade i've ever seen it's not the most egregious trade ever but i can see and he made a trade i can see why andrew worked hard on it you know like he he stayed on him sure but again he like this guy just made a trade again i bet herwitz didn't make five moves in the last 15 weeks of last year and i bet he played an injured dude in his starting lineup for double-digit weeks last year, he did make a trade two weeks ago. I, I've this is the that's the most amount of credit I'll give him for anything, and unless his uh, his you know philosophy of fantasy changes. Fair enough. Okay, next team, uh, our first new team. So this guy is winless, but he does have a tie. So he's Detroit Lionsing himself a little bit ahead of those last two teams. Uh, Chris, some of you know him from other leagues. Uh, some of you just know him from our group text. He's Monstar Jams, which was Kyle's name. I wish he would change it, but now I feel like he's very committed to being Monstar Jams. So <laughs> God love him. You be Monstar Jam. I really don't. I really don't. I just needed somebody to change their name so I could tell him and the other new guy apart. I kept forgetting who took over which team. So anyway, Chris is the artist now known as Monstar Jams. He <laughs> has registered a tie, still looking for that first win. Um, Chris has been, I wouldn't say very vocal, but he has said offline he is a little timid because of basketball knowledge or lack thereof relative to his knowledge of baseball and football. I think that's a little bit of gamesmanship because we all have the internet. And we know how much like Chris is committed to these things as well. But I do believe that he follows the NBA way less than those other leagues. And he is facing a learning curve. So um, what do you guys kind of think of his first four weeks in change in this league? His tie actually came against the other new guy, funny enough. Well, he's at fir- first Canard uh, and Mitchell aren't in um, tonight. So yeah. Donovan Mitchell plays. That's not in a good an start. Not yeah, late. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it's not too late, but it's not looking good. The only reason yeah. I'll give him a pass is it is his birthday. Oh, yeah, it is his birthday. True. That's true. true. Talk shit tomorrow, though. Yeah, that's it. You better start all your players tomorrow, Chris. Yeah. But, but yeah. he. Uh, oh, go ahead, Hawk. No, he, he gets a pass today. He gets a pass today. But he has also made five moves tied with. 
tied with Hurwitz. Tell you, um, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> I mean, it's da- these two guys don't have any wins between them. So that is kind of damning. I agree. Uh, I thought, I thought uh, Chris made the most interesting move that he's made was before even our draft when they did their little keeper runoff draft because he took Beal first. So he took Beal, I believe, or Trey Young, and then uh, Brett took Trey Young, then he took Beal. So he took Beal over Dame. He took Beal over Russell Westbrook. He took Beal over a lot of guys, uh, Beal in the first round. That was very interesting because Beal was second in scoring in the league last year. And uh, so I was like, man, if if you think like scoring is like home runs in baseball and affects more categories – and that's a really interesting pick, but I don't think many people would have done it. And in that same keeper runoff draft, he got DeMar DeRozan, who was like the darling of the first four weeks of the season. So he set himself up really well keeper-wise there. Then the main draft came, and he did not fare as well, in my opinion. No, he did not. I will say I like the depot pick on his side. Um like he got Oladipo in the 11th and he's going to be hurt for God knows how long. Um, I was very surprised that Chris did not end up just drafting every rookie available because, you know, we're, this is not the only dynasty league we're in with Chris. Chris likes them young. Um, he, he likes the young ones. Uh, he goes after them, you know, while they're young. I don't know. I'm trying to say it in a, in a gross way and I, I can't figure out another way to phrase it, but you get where I'm going. I think the um, principle of just continuing to force it made it progressively grosser. Do I just keep saying the same sentence over <laughs> and over? Will that help? Um, I don't know, like I get where he's coming from. I still, it's year three in the league. Um, and while my team is absolutely incredible, I still feel like I don't know all that much about basketball. I I do think that um, as we get closer to the end of football season, Chris will pivot his attention a little bit. I don't think we're getting the full Chris right now um, because fantasy football is still out there. I think it goes football one, uh, baseball two, and then basketball probably behind hockey for him because his uh, he's one of us. He's a fantasy junkie. But I think once we start getting some full Chris – it'll get a lot more interesting. I, I think we'll see Beal dealt. I think we could see Levert dealt. I think we see Donovan Mitchell dealt. Um, just trying to stack up those late keepers because that's his style. You know, this is a, in our baseball league, he did the same thing. He came in with kind of a rough team, made a lot of moves and basically made it so that he was working with a good team with great keeper value and could focus on the draft moving forward. The problem is if you wait until February or January to start to make these moves, I mean, it's, we saw it last year with people trading away their first picks. It kind of got to a point where it's like, who do I trade my first picks to now? Because everybody else has gotten rid of theirs. That sucks. Um, There's going to be a market for your top people like Beal and whatever to try to build, you know, for for future for future years but if everybody's traded all their assets away you kind of gotta pick the right spot also if you're going to try to make an effort to actually make the playoffs this year you can't wait until january 
like these next few months are very uh, critical in in trying to uh, try to you know set in stone. Um, you know, we criticize look at my balls and this team does not, to me, does not look better than that team. Uh, you know, I know Donovan Mitchell, uh, Andre Drummond, who is, God, I wish I had Andre Drummond. I've always wanted Andre Drummond in fantasy. I think he's a fantasy monster, uh, regardless of if Embiid is there or not. Yeah. He still um, averages 11 and a half rebounds a game this year coming off the bench. Right. Right. I mean, he's just, he, I just love Sorry. Embiid as a, as a fantasy player, um, like I said, in beat or no, um, but you know, I like Levert and I like DeRozan and, and whatever. I, I just don't think as far as uh, full team is concerned, this is any better than look at my balls. They have the same amount of moves, same amount of whatever, uh, just not passionate about it, not there and making it easy for, you know, people who are kind of middling to actually make playoffs this year. And I agree with you there. Chris has got to do more. Um, the only reason I'm less hard on him is because, A, I've seen him do it in the past. I've seen him put forth more effort than this in the past, and I trust that he will eventually if he's not now. But also, it's his first year in the league, and I, I guess I'm just hotter about the the Hurwitz thing. because, like, Well, yeah, Hurwitz has a history for sure. It's not like – they're they're following similar patterns this year in a vacuum, four weeks plus preseason. But yeah, Hurwitz has a, a history where where he got like like we were talking for a lot of last year, like oh Hurwitz isn't going to still be in the league, and then he was like, I got a new job, which is true. Like it's not like that is made up. He's not going to have like a tax season, but yeah, he's trying about as much as Levi tries in dynasty football. So that's. Fine, I guess, but also like you're never going to make the playoffs doing that, even with uh, that kind of team. Chris, I think, is timid to make moves. I think one, yeah, he's in a lot of leagues, but two, I think he's timid to make moves because he doesn't know, like he doesn't want to drop somebody that he could trade later. Like I think he's still trying to figure out everyone's kind of station in the league as fantasy is concerned, like Dennis Schroeder, even for example, like uh, Dennis Schroeder, all we, all Chris might know about him is he's the dude that fucked up $80 million. And now here he is, he plays for Boston. So it's like, you know, he, I, by no means should he drop Dennis Schroeder, but it's he, that's just the top guy on his roster as I'm looking at it. And it's like, he could be, that's a guy who I think we're all still trying to figure out how to value him this season. And I think Chris is just going through that exercise with a lot of players right now, which I think is fine. You don't want to wait too long. I agree. But the bigger, the bigger concern is just that he drafted bad and if he was if basketball was his main sport and he drafted bad he'd still be screwed because it's you know we're all in these leagues and all these sports if you draft bad and we're still in the first quarter of the season you're that is going to reflect itself real real quickly aggressive and, moves man he's got to make some aggressive yeah. moves yep he did uh he did get a tie against the other new guy. So in week one, that new guy has since won and beat Paul. So like quite to, you know, use like the college basketball way of thinking like statement quality win. Like he went into a ranked team's gym and won, but at least Chris is off the schneid in that regard. Dude, great it, tie, Chris. Good time. Um, Keep it up. 
mm-hmm. and Dan Campbell biting kneecaps. Yeah, uh, kneecaps. All right. So now let's move on to some people who have won winners. Uh, <laughs> this guy, he's got, he's oh, got, no. he, this guy's got, uh, he's got one win. He's got one ball. He's Luke, the uniballers. Uh, a ball, man. What, what could be better? Yes. Just living the dream. He, uh, last year we remember made a late push on the uh, for the playoffs he finished ended up finishing in ninth so he did jump everybody but victor uh respect victor uh and here i'm trying to pull up his team and it's just going slow he's the one but, so it's funny if you go down the roto rankings it's like three and one three and one three and one yeah three he's and the one, least lucky one and three four and oh like He's he has the yeah, same roto score is, as Trevor, and Trevor's yeah. four and up. Like that just sucks. So he's been the least lucky. He made a, a push last year, and now he's kind of falling into a, a similar hole. Not nearly as deep, but he's falling into a hole that he's going to have to um, dig out of. I think it's hilarious that he obviously took Evan Mobley as a homer pick, but Evan Mobley is going to be a great keeper for him probably. Uh, He's also got Jalen Suggs. He's also uh, still fucking around with stashing John Wall. Like, he's got a lot of... Well, he picked up John Wall. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, John Wall was available, and he just he picked him up and stashed him. It was was something I considered doing, too, and he just beat me to it. Dang. But he definitely... uh, He's definitely got a lot of young players in this team, including multiple rookies. He's got a lot of dudes who even if they're coming back from his team last year, are young and, and upside keepers still like Jared Allen, Michael Porter Jr. Um, and so I still love his team. Yeah, Max, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Broto-wise, he's had some shit luck. But I still, I look at this team and I'm like, very realistically can make the playoffs. So I, can, I, I don't want, just a quick question. Dude's got eight guys in the IL. Like, that's... How, how many spots do we have? I thought it was three of each, but I, maybe it's four of each. Maybe it's a hundred of each and I fucked up, but it is what it is. He's got a roster on the injured list right now. He does literally have um, eight dudes in IL or IL plus. Spots. That's interesting. I mean, I'm seeing, I'm looking at these guys and I'm like, yeah, Whoa, that's well, a lot. And if you're, if you want to pick guys up, to stay like if you get to Sunday, but and you have two moves left, but your matchup is comfortably in hand one way or the other. Like, do you pick somebody up who's hurt and available to stash? But it's like, I don't want to do that on a Tuesday because I want to ideally have all my moves until I know I don't need them anymore for a given week. So it's like, it's a some of it's happenstance, but I think some of it might be strategic stashing, but it's tough to to copy once we're in the season, you know, preseason, you get all these free unlimited moves. Now it's five a week. Yep. Yep. But I uh, think his roster is like a who's who of guys I've streamed over the past couple of years who are finally either in the right situation or hitting their stride or just getting minutes more consistently than before. Like he picked up Will Barton at the right time. Like Will Barton was Mr. Waiver Wire for a while. Now Will Barton's outstanding. Jalen Brunson, much better basketball player than a fantasy player the last couple of years. And now all of a sudden putting up 
15 points a game, getting 30 plus minutes a game. Like, and then uh, Desmond Bain, Bain, like uh, <laughs> eligible at both guards and small forward, which basically means he's eligible everywhere aside from power forward in the center spot. Um, and he's putting up numbers. Like, it, yeah, it, Desmond Bain got a lot of minutes when Dylan Brooks was out, and that was a great pickup. It, it, mm-hmm. He has he has made some very timely pickups, and it's sad that it hasn't worked out for him. He's also just got studs that are injured. Um, you know, I mean, it, Suggs, whatever he he he's a ticky tack injury, like nothing serious. But like you said, Mobley, when I faced him. I paid a lot of attention to Cleveland games and I texted him about that. And I was like, I don't want to have to pay this much attention to the Cavaliers ever. And he's like, no, I get that. Cause I have Markinen and he had Jared <laughs> Allen and, uh, and Mobley. And, you know, I was sitting there looking at all the bigs for Cleveland. Like, this is my week. Great. Thanks for this. Yeah. I didn't realize he had the, uh, he had the rotation there for uh, Cleveland, both bigs. Cause I mean, th- both those guys are worth throwing in fancy. Uh, they, yeah. they they both kill it and you know it's, it's not bad i mean this isn't a bad team I, I i don't mind his team at all he's obviously got some weak spots here but the weak spots are due to the fact that he has eight guys on il um, <laughs> right you know at, at different you know different points i think this this team uh a little bit healthier is is a playoff team for sure uh especially with a, a little bit of you know little touch to it, a little salt and pepper. Uh, this could be, <laughs> could be a playoff team for sure. Yeah, I think so as well. And it's really, uh, you know, health. I think everyone will go through a spurt this year where um, different guys will hit on the IL. So hopefully he will, have, you know, he'll have some matchups later in the year where maybe he's the healthier team out of the two and, and everything kind of balances out. Um the other one win team is our other new team, young, dumb, and full of cun with ends. Mm. Uh, he is one, two, and one. He uh, got off the schneid again with a very impressive win over Paul's team. He does have the fewest moves in the league with only three, um, but he's not just new to this league like Chris, but he's new to, uh, I were at least to my knowledge, these category formats in general. So some of that might be on me for not sort of introducing it uh, properly enough. And so maybe I need to uh, nudge some moves, but he also is a guy, like I was kind of saying with Hurwitz, where I think he has, he definitely has due to our droppable, but he also drafted intentionally a ton of young guys and just loves the young, just loves them young, loves, loves them young. Yep. Yeah, get back that. to that. But uh, to where he's like, there's not a lot of dudes who I feel comfortable dropping right now, just because I have no idea what their value might be in a month. So like Kevin Porter, Jr., Terrence, Mann, Tyrese, Maxey, um, you know, obviously like he has, you know, I, I think Jared Vanderbilt is a stream spot. Um, Bobby Portis and Kevin Herter might be, but other than that, I think he's like an Anthony Simons. But I think he a lot of his, Grant Williams is a safe drop. Yes, Grant Williams is a safe drop. So there's droppable dude. So yeah, he he needs to make more moves. But that I I think 
especially given group text participation, that it's not for lack of effort. I think that might actually be my fault, but I do love his team because he loves them young and I love how he loves them young. So okay. uh, you oh, love yeah. how he loves them young. It's probably the worst thing that's been said so far. So there we go. <laughs> that's but, how you make it gross, man. What's the situation here? So I'm saying BW, and then he's got a co-manager named Ryan Melvin. Yeah, who's that? Yeah, I I don't know. I knew he had a co-manager. I don't know. I think I I went on Brett's bachelor. I know I went on Brett's bachelor party, and I think this guy was also on it. And this is like six years ago in New Orleans, and I think that. I've met him before, but I don't really remember. I knew he had a co-manager, but uh, I mean, I guess Brett is the face of the operation. So Brett's the only one that's in the group text. But why does he have a co-manager? Are they lovers? No, no. uh, That's it? No, no expansion. Just no, no. Well, (laughs) Brett's wife's cool. Brett's wife's cool. I I don't know. She's cool yeah, or she's cool with it. Maybe she's really cool. True. True. Um, no, I don't know. I'm sure they're just buddies, but my yeah, question is, I... is Brett's wife named Ryan Melvin? Because <laughs> that would clear up a lot here. No, her name is uh her name is Rachel. So close yeah. to Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either yeah. way. We're getting to the bottom of this. Either way, he's uh it's I it doesn't strike me as like a something clever thing where everything gets there's a good cop and a bad cop and everything gets held up because you're only talking to one of the two at a time like i'm pretty sure he's the face of the operation and another guy just also is able to set their lineup and can is you know contributes ideas but i don't think it's it, for the people in npd i don't think it's like a something clever situation with those co-owners so he's, so he's got a little uh I, i'm gonna think of it moving forward is he's got like a little jonah hill you know, like money ball yeah. situation. Yep. I got to get me one of those. Maybe that's what that's what I'm missing right now. Man, just a little stack guy. Interesting. Yeah, this is he's already revolutionizing our league four weeks in. Yeah, just just need an assistant manager. And then maybe uh, when Hurwitz finally quits that that manager can get offered a, a full time job. So true. Yeah. Will you will you. uh block other teams uh request to interview your assistants oh i would i would i don't <laughs> i don't care about their own personal successes we're going for dubs here yeah <laughs> right, let's talk about chase oh wait no unless huck has more things to say about oh i don't like this team i, I think this team's terrible yeah I, I yeah <laughs> oh, I, just, wow. I, I don't like it i i really don't i think it's it's not very good it has uh a lot of spots that are leaving it uh you know Trey Young, Cunningham, Paul George, Lonzo, Tyrese Uh, Maxey. Tyrese Tyrese Maxey is doing really well right now on a team that doesn't have Embiid or Ben Simmons. And if that team ever becomes whole, if Ben Simmons doesn't play for the 76ers the rest of his career, then Maxey is a decent, decent spot. He's a decent pick. And especially in the ninth round, that's great. I'm not saying you should drop him or trade him or anything like that. I'm just saying Tyrese Maxey is at the the pinnacle of his value right now. Uh, you know, th- he has a lot of holes on this team. I like Portis. Portis is good, but there's there's just a lot of stuff that's left to be desired here. So, um, so yeah, I, I I really don't like it at one, two, and one. I think this is a team that's probably uh, not going to make playoffs. 
in my opinion. Interesting. See, I, I think he's, uh, I love his team. Cause one there's like, there are a lot of keeper guy, keeper upside guys. And two, he's only made three moves all year and he's fifth in Roto or fifth from the bottom in Roto with only three moves all year. We were talking about that with a couple of the other teams before. And he's like, uh, not far behind like Andrew chase myself in Roto who all have multiple wins. And he's all again, only made three moves, which is a huge hindrance to counting stats. So I feel like he actually is like once it, once it's like, Oh shit. Okay. This is streaming and I'm going to start streaming. I think he is extreme. I, that's one where I disagree with you, Huck. I'm hoping new guys hear podcast, hear this podcast and they go, Oh, I think it's a podcast. I better, it's time. Like it's time for me to lock in. I better listen. My hope is that he goes, he goes, Hey, Ryan Melvin, let's make some moves. You know, like that's what I, he gets gets Ryan on the phone. I hope, no, I hope he and Ryan are listening to it together. I'm not saying they're lovers. I'm still, they look at each other. Like it's time. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> like uh, like the scene in MacGruber where he's looking at the at one of I can't remember what the guy's name is, but it's the big guy. But they just kind of look at each other and they're just you know that they get that moment and then yeah. uh, and then they make some moves. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're right. Oh, I can't think of a better uh, way to punctuate our time talking about Brett's team than with a MacGruber reference. Uh, I hope so it's with- not the last one. You know. Oh, it, me, I, you, you are uh, the go-to on it. I think I've only seen it that movie one time when we were roommates. It is very wow. quotable, but you watch it like yeah, you should watch it right now. It's very good, <laughs> and they so have good. a new show on. Uh, on I Peacock. saw that, yeah, on the cock. Yeah, on the cock. Um, <laughs> next up is our baseball champion, Chase. He had a great season last season. Lost in, I believe, the semifinals. Um, he and Brennan and Paul were the top three in Roto all year. And he ended up, um, being the odd man out of the championship matchup. Um, he's off to a much slower start this year, both in terms of two and two record and in terms of Roto score. But, um, I gotta be honest, my, I think the exact same of his team right now, as I thought of his team last year, going into the playoffs, like, I think he'll be a top four seed and he'll finish top four in Roto. And I think the only thing he's done so far that I disagree with is keeping Chris Dapps in the third. And then of course, last night, Chris Dapps went out and, and tore it up on offense. But I mean, Giannis by Giannis standards, um, you know, can and probably will pick it up. I still love buddy healed. I still love uh, Kevin Durant hot take, Um, you know, and if Zion ever plays, then that just puts him over the top. If you remember um, that guy, Zion. So I'm very skeptical that Zion will play more than like 20 games this year. But if he does Is he practicing right now, he ju- I think I saw today that he just got cleared to practice. And all Chase has to do is make the playoffs. Zion it, between Zion and Durant, if they're both healthy, that makes a matchup with them just a nightmare. And Giannis. Yeah. And Giannis. Yeah, I guess Giannis is OK. So that is, uh, and it's funny, Giannis is averaging over 26 points and 11 rebounds, but it's like, I think those numbers are both down from last year. And I think his shooting percentage is down from last year. 
Yeah, the guy sucks. So it's like trade him. <laughs> but it's like, oh shit, he will only get better. That is scary if Chase is coming up on your schedule. Right. We, we knew going into the draft, Chase had great keepers. Like we knew that as a fact. Yep. But there were a couple points in the draft where you know he would make a pick. There was one specifically where I was like, fuck, that's a really good pick. I should have done that pick. And that was Gary Trent. Gary Trent Jr., yep. one of my favorite streamers last year, came into this year, you know, with some guaranteed uh guaranteed minutes there on the Raptors. And he's out there doing it, you know, top 30 player, um, putting up points every single night, getting 30, 34, 35 minutes a game. Absolutely outstanding. So, and he took him in like the what is this, the third or twelfth round? So, I mean, Gary Trent's keeper. That's it. Yep. But he already had great keepers, and Gary Trent's keeper probably over hot Chris Stapps. Yeah, I mean, it. Assuming he would still want to keep RJ Barrett in the sixth, uh, I would keep. Yeah, I mean, Gary Trent right now is. I remember when we were drafting that getting one of the bigger reactions in the room yeah. when he made. Yeah, that and that pick. reaction was fuck. I wish I had <laughs> taken Gary Trent. Ugh. Chase is currently sitting atop the gridiron standings right now in fantasy football. He is the fantasy baseball champion. He's got he's two and two, but he's got a good team with basketball. I mean, the guy's having a big year. Yeah, he really is. That uh, that kid of his is a good luck charm. I think it's all since the baby. Yeah, that motherfucker. Uh, Do you have nothing on Chase? I mean, like, no, you- I, I I think that. Here's here's a few things that I gotta say about Chase. Oh, he's about to First, shit on Chase's team. No, no, I'm not gonna shit on Chase. Here's the think, thing. Do you think yeah. this is a better team than Chase had last year? Um oh. no, but I think it has the potential to be just as good a team as Chase had last year. I see Chase's team last year was very scary. Like it was like top to bottom, this team's insane, like you know, tough to tough to beat, etc. Um, when I faced him, that now I know I'm not facing Zion. Zion's not included in this, but when I faced him, it just didn't feel like you know I, I had a pretty uh, definitive lead the whole time, uh, and, and I didn't feel that pressure, you know, from him at all. I, I think this team is weaker, and and here's one of the things that that really stands out about that is I think R.J. Barrett is one of the most overrated players in basketball and fancy i know six round value he's still there he's still good at a six round value um but the guy is not as good at basketball as people might think um i i just i don't like rj barrett i feel like he's gonna be uh you know one of those guys that the knicks give up on in the next three or four years and he bounced around the league you know uh I, i feel like he might be a wiggins type um type player and and it's just i i know in the in a chat today you know three-way trap between me and neil and chase barrett was included in trade talks for uh harden and it just it was like shut down before it even started um because it's like no i don't want rj barrett and and rj barrett you know has a decent resume this so far this season i mean it's decent it's not great it is decent uh but i I, when you look at him as a keeper in the sixth round it's not 
uh, is not, you know, blow your mind like what, like we may have thought it was last year or the year before. So uh, I, I don't think this team that Chase has is better than it is last year. It's definitely a playoff team. He's got the, those four guys that can just blow you away. I mean, Giannis, uh, Zion, Chris Stapps, and, and Durant. So, you know, I think no matter what, he's, he's good to go for the playoffs this season. I just don't think it's a championship contender. R.J. Barrett, that's interesting. I do agree with you on R.J. Barrett. Uh, well, and definitely in the heart, and I don't think it's like flagrant to try and pitch him in there, but yeah, I would have. that would have been a no for me too. But yeah. I do think, like, I've, uh, I feel like the Knicks right now are, like, are I, I was, I'm getting really into like lineup combinations and net averages with different lineup combinations. And one of the articles that got me really into it was on the Knicks this season and how like when there's their starting five with that particular five is on the floor together and they get out scored. That's their worst like combination of five players that start I just he I he has a lot of guards that I like and I think other than John Collins he doesn't have a single front court player that I like I wouldn't say that um you know we joked about Rashawn Holmes I like Rashawn Holmes a lot you no, know Holmes I, is fine and he kept him last year and I bet he doesn't want to keep him this year but he's a fine player I know Hutt's a team Tobias guy yes I loves, especially tonight please lo- loves Tobias. Tobias. yeah he's yeah. he's great he's great at basketball what i like about what victor's doing this year it, it's very different from last season and that he's made 19 moves right like he's he's going out there and getting yeah. it done but his team is dead last in points and if you look at his roster it is painfully obvious why it's because he's prioritizing everything else like 
Victor's got guys that get a shitload of rebounds. He has three big-time blockers, and that's with Nerlens Noel having been injured for most of the season. Like, Nerl is exclusively a pickup for blocks. You know, yeah, and it, sure. it's, he's a great fantasy asset. Huck had him last year for exactly that reason. But I got to say, Victor, Victor's an ideal trade partner for me right now. I got points coming out my ears, and he has everything else. I mean, he's getting an absurd amount of assists from Chris Paul, like just a silly amount of assists. Same goes yeah. for TJ McConnell. You know, TJ McConnell's been great for him. Um, oh, Dinwiddie. I mean, I love his guards, and I think of Harris as a guard, even though he's a forward. But uh, I didn't realize he was doing so well in blocks. That is surprising. I mean, to Al me. Horford is a an, like a very strangely valuable guy this year. Yeah, in that, like he's. I mean, he's. I guess he's just he's just doing Horford things. I didn't realize he was having a good year. Al Horford is a guy I'd like to trade Victor for. Victor, you will listen to this. I'm Al confident Horford. in that. Send me Al Horford. I'll send you some points. I had Al Horford last year. The problem with Al Horford is that you just never know when he's just not going to play. Yeah, well, now he plays for Boston. Last year, they stopped playing him for the same reason they stopped playing SGA. Because if they're going to win, there's no point in winning because of Al Horford. But now he plays in Boston. I knew he was playing again. I did not know that he was putting up numbers, that he was averaging 13 and 9. Well, Jalen uh, Brown being gone is... Yeah, that I knew about. That's key to that. Fucking sucks. Either yeah, way, yeah. he's sitting there with, you know, Sexton's been injured for a little while. Neural's been out for a little while. But he's putting it together doing everything but scoring and i don't know if that's on purpose or if that's just like listen everybody else is picking up the guys that are putting up points i am going to win every other category and or i don't know if it's just on accident if victor's just like this guy's neat i like devin vassell he plays for the spurs vassal vassal whatever the fuck his name is um yeah he's got him and thaddeus vassal's vassal's nice i figured he had him just because of the spurs but he's i mean vassal is not a keeper, but he's probably above streaming. I wanted yeah. to say Vassell, like Sam Cassell. Yeah, I think it's because, yeah, we grew up with Sam Cassell. Well, whatever. He'll always be Vassell to me, even though I think he's a rookie. Um, Huck, are you a big Victor's team fan? Because uh, like, I am. Um, I am always a Moneyball fan. Anybody who Moneyballs anything. Um, and I've done it. I'm trying to do it in, in football this year. Anybody who tries to go um, upstream to try to create a new way of doing things uh, and, and win that way is something that I'm interested in. You know, he was handed an opportunity here. He had a lot of different picks. Um, and to be honest, on paper, this team, I'm just going to be brutally honest, looks like garbage. It does. I mean, there is not. Yeah, I disagree with that. No, 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 no. I'm not. It, it, it's. It doesn't look. There's not a lot of people to trade for on this team. Okay, Max Steady won Horford, John Collins, uh, Sexton when he comes back is is probably pretty attractive. Chris Paul, obviously, um, but he's got a lot of future people. I would say Vassal. Um, Dinwiddie, uh, probably, uh, it's like, I mean, Caruso, like, you know, I told you 
prior, let's name the teams that uh, could put together something for, for Harden. This is not a team that could put together anything for Harden because there's just not a lot there. However, if he can win with this, this is like awesome. This is a super, uh, this is like manager of the year type shit because it's, it, you know, him being two and two in the situation uh, and, and winning a few, you know, this is, that's good stuff because honestly, um, he's, he's winning the categories that aren't points. And that's like going away from home runs in baseball, like Max said, uh, which is not advised, but if you can get away with it, do it so um i don't like this roster i don't think it's a playoff roster um but if he can put together you know through moves and and being a manager and make the playoffs then you know bravo he'll have he'll have my respect for sure he's making his moves i mean he's, he's, moves. he's, yeah, he's, he's doing def- the work he's definitely making his moves i it's interesting he is i can't i still can't believe al horford's averaging two blocks a game this year good for him he was my like daily fantasy darling for a while, a couple of years ago, his first time with Boston. Uh, he, I love like all of Victor's guards. I'm finding new respect for his front court as we're talking, but I do think that uh, what, what, like it's, I think you could stand to trade some of these guards who are not, who are maybe like an Alex Caruso is, is, obviously like an above you know above streaming guy but not a keeper if you can trade that for you know a a guy who is maybe going to be someone's lead scorer off the bench and maybe only play 16 minutes a game but get to take volume shots in there then i agree it's you know there's there's little baby moves like that i think he can make to fill out this roster but yeah i like for all i i think he or he could make a splash and move one of his guards for um, a bigger piece, but I think he's going to have a tougher time selling that to Huck's point. Like he doesn't, I don't know that he's got the guys to make like a James Harden type of trade because Chris Paul, who's an incredible player and would be the best player on many teams in this league. Like he, you're not going to keep, you don't want to keep him in five years the way you'd want to keep Harden in five years. So in that sense, he's tough, but I think there's baby moves he can make. Um, I like the foundation that he's got. And Al Horford. Victor, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have one more two and two team. This fucking guy, Shalom, y'all. Uh, I will just, I won't control the narrative for my own team's convert. I'll just let you guys. So, so you, Shalom, y'all is two and two. And Huck and I each have one loss, and that is no coincidence. So take everything we say with a grain of salt here. Um, your two wins are against us. You're facing Andrew this week. It, it just seems like your team's coming through in the shit-talkingest ways. Like, all right, I know I got to win this one, or else I'm right. going to hear about it. <laughs> um, it sucks. Like, your injuries suck right now. But also... God, if you would have told me three years ago that at any point in time, like like when the league started, any point in time in the future, listen, four weeks into the season, Carmelo Anthony's going to be a top 25 player. I would have laughed in your dumb face. I would be like, he's going to be retired. 
in like a year or two. He can't get a job anywhere. He's played, he played for like four or five different teams the other year. And it was just, oh uh, yeah, I guess I'll play on this roster cut, play on this roster cut. And now he's filling in for LeBron. So like, yeah, you've got two injured guys who you expected to play and then beat and Jalen Brown, but you're reaping the benefits of Carmelo and that's coming to an end pretty soon. Um, but aside from that, you've got the best part of the Raptors aside from Siakam. I like OG. I like Van Vliet. Um, overall, you've got a good team, you know, like it, it is not, you don't have, I mean, if Embiid and Brown are healthy and Anthony Edwards plays up to his potential, you know, he's putting up good points numbers this year, but I'm talking like starts to get absurd, starts to look like, I think he, uh, Zach Levine comp would be fair as far as what people would expect him to become. Um, if some of that starts to develop, maybe Sengun later in the season, the Rockets just start feeding him minutes. I, you know, I think your team's set up for a good run. So and obviously, you've beaten at least one super awesome team somehow. So you got something going for you. I, I think this is like, so we just talked about uh, the team prior, and now we've stepped up to another two and two team. I think this is where you start to see contenders, like real contenders, because the, the difference between this team and the team prior is immense. Like it, it is, this team is, is, is good. And every piece means something when you're making moves uh, you have to decide whether, you know, is this guy really drop? I think the only guy that's really honestly drop on the team is Cody Martin. I mean, yeah. And he's only started to, I mean, I knew he was always a streamer, but he was hot for a couple of weeks. Like I've had him right. for almost three weeks, but yeah, I, that might be fading. I'm sorry. Deandre Jordan as well. Um, and then Bembry starting tonight. So you have three like rotating spots. Yeah, Bembry I picked good. up five hours ago. <laughs> right. So you have three rotating spots that, you know, that's that's okay. But a lot of these teams have four or five rotating spots where it's like tough to tough to stomach. Um, but, you know, you're, we're talking uh, Rogier, Lowry, Edwards. Um, C.D. Osman's had a really good year. I, I think that C.D. Osman is like, way under owned um i know it says 11 percent rostered he should be rostered a lot more um at, at least currently um mikhail bridges you know sankin is okay alprin's not great uh mellow's doing great um og dylan brooks van fleet i mean from top to bottom this team is is really good uh i i think that you've actually put something together i know you won't see Kawhi for probably the whole year um, but when Jalen Brown, Joel Embiid come back, this is definitely a roster uh, that can compete for a championship, and and somebody that, that you know that's a lot lot better than what you had last year, because um, I think what you had last year was, a, you know, you struggled for for quite a bit. So um, I like it. I like this. I like what you put together. I, I like it this week against uh, Andrew, and and so yeah, it's it's definitely a team that uh, you know. You could make a run at Harden. Um, you probably have to give up people like Jalen Brown, who I think I traded you, um, you know, a while back. But you know, if you can put together something with Jalen Brown and 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 s- some other pieces, you can get Harden. This is a this is a great team. Well, I can't say anything other than I'm flattered. Uh, so we'll just move uh, to the next team. To That's all you got. 
You don't have any thoughts on your own oh, team? Just your well, thought? I don't know. Do, do, I feel I on my team. I you know I need to get healthy, but we've talked about injuries on every single team, so it is what it is. Um, I'm a moves maker. Like I will make four or five moves every week. So uh, my big thing is I just shoot shitty percentages. I and I my bigs have really failed me. Some of that's Embiid being out, but like. I, you know, DeAndre Jordan's a streamer, but it's like, I, he's, I, sometimes I even pause at that because I'm like, fuck, I need to, if I drop him, I need to drop him for another center or a guy that can get rebounds. So I've got trades I need to make. Uh, I like my sort of star foundation. Uh, Neil was not interested in Kawhi, which makes total sense to me as we get closer to the deadline, whether I'm a contender to make the playoffs or not will really dictate how I approach Kawhi. I'll either sit on him and, and keep him next year. If I'm going to end up sucking again, or if I'm making the playoffs, then somebody else who is maybe needing to set up for the future Kawhi in the fourth could be a great keeper. So that's really the reason I drafted him. So it's too early for that right now, but I'm hoping to just stay in the playoff race long enough to use that, a chip to push me forward and not just to set up for next year again, because did that last year and it stunk Huck and Andrew also did that last year. They're both three and one. So um, hopefully we are all in a come up. Um, but the first three and one team we'll talk about uh, is actually our defending champion, Paul. He is, I believe he's still number or no, he's now number three in Roto. He is coming off uh, his first loss of the year. Still has an incredible fucking team. This is kind of like we were saying with Chase. This is an example of, at least in my opinion, like, though there's absolutely no way he is as good as he was at the end of last year, but also like he still might be the best team in the league or he's certainly top three. And it's all, it's, I mean, he hasn't, you know, he has Jimmy Butler out. He has Chris Middleton out. So, you know, we all have injuries again, but he is like, he just gets a lot of value out of every single spot. Scotty Barnes, who is a real, uh, you know, real rookie of the year contender, great pick, like Sadiq Bay, Gary Payton, the second, not junior. Uh, like he's Josh Giddy, which was maybe a homer pick, but another rookie like he Cole Anthony obviously kept like he just gets it's not that he has all these all-stars in right now but like he it's like almost every single guy on his roster is above streaming yeah no I completely agree with that um I mean dude the Wendell Carter pick we talked about it a lot when he made it Paul was uh yeah Paul was at the house with us I think there were four of us drafting in the room and when he made the Wendell Carter pick it was like man we all had him on our list. We didn't know where he would go. Uh, his ceiling's really high. And let me tell you, he's doing it right now. Like Wendell Carter is shooting yeah. 46% from three as a big. He's getting, uh, let's see, it's, it's uh, 14 points, 10 rebounds a game. And he's shooting threes. Like that's that. There's not much more that you can ask for out of an eighth round, you know, flyer pick. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think Paul's 
Paul's got an excellent team again right now. It's funny he thought about changing his Thunder from down under name, uh, team name. I think one of the – so part of the reason he had it was obviously Stephen Adams. But our wives also, um, before – it was years ago. They were in Vegas together. And they went to a Thunder from down under show. Like they went to that show. And uh, Aiden, my wife, got pulled on stage. Like she oh, had really? to sit in the chair. Yeah. And let me tell you, if they had video of it, I would pay so much money because she's just the most awkward person on earth when it comes to being center of attention. And she said, like, she clearly looked nervous. And the, the guy was like, it's okay, honey. Just have fun. And she was like, okay, I feel a lot better. Um, anyways, just thought I'd give that little anecdote about our wives going to a... Uh, a male burlesque show i don't know what they'd call it either way it's thunder from down under they've been there um random tangent steph curry all time where is he on on your list on the michael jordan lebron in whatever Man. order where is he Huck, I mean, do you have uh yeah he's, I gonna, mean, he's gonna break the uh threes record before he's he out of his prime no i mean did. all-time threes for career oh, okay before he's out of his prime, he's going to break the, he's going to shatter the threes record. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough to say because I know last year and years before that, I was like, eh, Steph Curry's not that great. Um, seeing Golden State be as dominant as they are this season without um, Thompson. Uh, Thompson is. And just, I mean, I'm watching this right now. I'm watching this game right now. It's like, yeah, the guy is, he's very, very, very good at basketball. Um, he's definitely a top 10 in basketball history. Uh, he's pushing top five. Um, he's got the championships at his age. Uh, you know, it's not like he's being boosted, but I know he had that one year with Durant, but it's not like he's being boosted by, you know, these are his hometown talent. I'm talking Draymond Green talking clay thompson i mean this is not uh this is not you know bringing in people from all over the place so uh i i think steph curry's great i think that he's a uh you know top top 10 of all time basketball player at at the very least and um as far as this team goes as far as you know paul's team uh yeah i agree i think it's i think it's really good um i think that you know, I knew it was good and we were on the same wavelength when I said the other night, here's the players that I want to look at, we, you know, without looking at everybody's teams, here's the players that I'm looking to acquire. And he said, well, I have most of those players. I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right. Well, I guess I, I have to talk to you. Um, but I looked at it and it's, it's going to be, I wish his team was much worse so I could fill it out properly, but he has a good team and it's going to be hard to trade. So. Um, I love Josh Giddy. I love Sadiq Bay. I think those are two um, huge picks for him for the future. Um, two of them that I'm not kicking myself that I reached higher for him. Um, yeah, I, I like Paul's team. I think it's great. I also think it's good. And I think uh, Steph Curry is probably the best point guard of all time. That's I, I... The, the real... Like, it's tough to say where he'll rank all time because he's still, like, in his prime. He's still achieving things. Uh, LeBron is still, like, at the top of his game, but with 18 years already on the book, it's like, okay, we have a really sizable 
we can, I, I feel better comparing him to the past with Steph. I'm like, he's still doing stuff, but where he ranks point guards all time. I'm like, all right, it's gotta be him or, or magic Johnson. Right. And I think he's over, which is, at this point. Like, which is just to be in that conversation is well. And then that leads me to, here's my tangent to another thing where it was really inspired by the NBA 75 list and like Dwight Howard definitely got snubbed and, and there were, there's always going to be snubs when there's a list, but uh, with some of these older players where people are like that dude would get smoked in the modern NBA, that's absolutely true. But if a lot of these modern day players grew up when there was no basketball on television and like, it wasn't a very established where like Bill Russell was doing incredible things when no one had done incredible things before him. Like he was just, he was the, he decided what incredible things were in the first generation, like Oscar Robertson. And I feel like that's so challenging in a totally different way. So like skill wise, Steph Curry is probably one of the five to 10 greatest players ever, but it's like, how he compares to Oscar Robertson. I feel like Oscar Robertson doing all the shit that he did again, when like he didn't grow up watching basketball on TV, like he didn't grow up with, with, you know, generations of NBA players before him and, you know, legacies to build off of like, and so him averaging a triple double and doing all that shit is so impressive in a, in a totally different way. And so that whole tangent is to say, I think Steph is, is better, is probably more talented than all these guys, but <clears throat> I'm always partial to these, like the pioneers, if you will. That's fair. That's fair. I guess I like, again, I don't, I haven't followed basketball history as closely as you have, but just the, the way that he not single-handedly, but basically, I mean, he's had a bigger influence on how basketball's played today than I mean, you could argue anybody else that's currently playing. Maybe LeBron. Um, Like it's the offensive approach in the entire NBA for all 30 teams is influenced by what Steph Curry did the last 10 years. Like his, his brother would be like just an end of the bench role player without him. You know, uh, Trey young would not be considered the stud that he is and probably wouldn't have, developed the skill set that he did until he saw like, okay, like, yeah, Ray Allen was an outstanding basketball player, but he was also an anomaly. So was Reggie Miller, you know, but like Steph Curry showed like, okay, you can be someone who commands the entire court and shoots most of the shots and primarily shoots threes. And you don't have to be the biggest guy ever. You just have to be able to do all those things. And he does all of those things better than pretty much anybody. So I, either way, that's the, obviously there's a lot of good things about Paul's team. Nobody's mentioned Cole Anthony yet. And I know that he's listing and that bothers him. So Cole Anthony, this is the Cole Anthony mention. Paul kept him. He tried to trade him last year and nobody bit. And now he's one of Paul's top three best players this season. So um, congrats on Cole Anthony, Paul. And, uh, you know, congratulations. Yeah. Really, really happy for you there. And I'm looking forward to, you know, us being at a bar together and beating Andrew and Ethan at some 2k again soon. Oh my God. Oh, I look forward to that. We get, we went to this bar, uh, the four of us last Friday up in Frisco and it's like a bar that has like every, like 
all the TVs along the bar have video game consoles hooked up to them and like all the booths have TVs at them with video game. And so it's like, you just, I guess it's a restaurant too, but we just went there and just got a bunch of rounds of drinks and we're fucking playing 2k. It's across from the soccer stadium, which is why we were really up there. But we, yeah, we got hammered drunk playing very public video games, just, you know, the way adults do high functioning adults. It was it was a lot. I, my hope is that people listening to this are sincerely jealous of that because it was awesome. I, I had gone once before and I it Frisco so fucking far. And so I was like, I can't wait till we're going up to the soccer stadium again so we can go to this bar. And so, yeah, I a lot of fun. The next team that we're talking about is Godzilla got busy, which is Max's team. So uh, I think Max should at least go third when talking about uh his team, but I I do think uh, it's obviously it's shouldn't be overstated. Like uh, Max has a very good team. He has a lot of um, a lot of dudes who are playing at their peak level right now, um, and he's made you've made really good. Adra, I mean, Grayson Allen, like somebody in every single league is that guy that scooped up Grayson Allen and like has a smirk. And so you're that guy in this league. Kuzma is playing the best he's probably played in his career. Seth Curry, same thing. Um, Zach Levine's on a, a winning team. So you're like, all your assets are really peaking right now, which is scary. The exception of that being LeBron, uh, I guess when it gets to you, my question for you, and I want to hear what you think of your own team, of course, but is have you started giving any consent, not trading LeBron, but like LeBron keeps missing all of he's not, you know, he might not be somebody who plays 60 plus games in a regular season ever again, because it's all about championships anyway. And so does that worry you? And does that make you start to consider, especially as you have other assets peaking, not keeping him, in the first round next year food for thought but huck uh uh this is a decent team now i'm I'm being totally honest it's not something that like blows me away uh i'm gonna crush you you this week well (laughs) i mean so i've had d'angelo russell before and uh there's a there are some he's a very frustrating person to own um and streaky He's well, he's streaky, and so you got to understand that you know, in our first couple of years in Dynasty, D'Angelo Russell was a first, second round pick. Now he's fifth round, and there's a reason for that. Um, because there are some weeks where he will come out and just shit on you, he, he will not play, or he's injured, or he sucks, or whatever. And he's looking good right now, but I'm just telling you, now you've had a resurgence of Dort. We've seen a lot of Dort lately. Um, Dort's looking good for sure. Um, Kuzma, obviously having a, having a great year. That's a, that's a wonderful pick at the, in the eighth round, probably somebody that you should, should keep, um, Zach Levine, Kobe white, uh, coming back is, is obviously a plus for you. Uh, but you know, even with LeBron, LeBron, you know, you're not supposed to question LeBron, just like you're not supposed to question, you know, certain people, Tom Brady, etc. I just don't know when LeBron's value at that number one spot expires. I don't. Um, if it's this year or next year, it, if he doesn't come back and play like the LeBron of past, you're not a championship team. This is not a championship team. It's not. 
Um, there's just, it, it all kind of revolves around there. If you could get rid of LeBron and bring in a package for him, this is a much better team, I think. Um, you know, with Bam in the third and, and all your assets besides that. But um, there's, there's a good, decent amount of holes here that I think that, uh, you know, should should be filled in the future um and and i think it, you will do that obviously you'll make moves to, to do it um uh, but i just i don't think that this is a championship team as it stands right now well all right max your rebuttal i you can pull, rebut huck first politely invite you to suck my balls um <laughs> basically so here's the thing i'm not LeBron, this might be his here's last the thing. year. As yeah, I'm gonna. Here's the thing, you. Uh, Andrew, that was like, for you. God, that was for you. Andrew's livid right now that I just casually <laughs> used. Here's the thing. That's his term. Um, this is probably the last year LeBron is my first round pick. I hope this isn't last year that he's on my fantasy team, but he's probably not worth the first round freeze after this year. I'm not even sure that he will have been worth it. By the end of this year, you know, obviously age, it, it, it is undefeated. Um, but like, I'm not trading LeBron this year. Like there's no package that I could get for LeBron. Nobody wants LeBron as a first round keeper. And so there's no package that I'm going to get for LeBron. But I'm not prefer. trading him to somebody. You would be trading him in, in the playoffs so to somebody in the playoffs that somebody that wouldn't keep him. Oh, I definitely don't want someone else in the playoffs to have LeBron. That's a nightmare. That I mean, you know, LeBron terrible. was averaging north of 24 points, five and a half rebounds, seven assists a game. My greater concern is, is there's no, as long as the Lakers make the playoffs, there's no reason for him to overexert. I think that's a big reason why they got Russell Westbrook, who's the biggest uh, regular season tryhard in the league on of the star tier. Uh, and... I, that's the bit, like, I'm not saying LeBron is, is not sincerely hurt, but I'm saying like, there's no reason to rush anything because as disastrous as it is, I'm pretty sure they still have a winning record right now. And like, that's the, I think you just gotta, you just have to hope that LeBron is healthy for the fantasy playoffs. If that's the case, I think he'll play like a first rounder. That's, and that's all I'm looking for. All I'm looking for is for him to come back during the fantasy playoffs because I think I'm going to make it to the fantasy playoffs. And I'll be honest, the big trade that I see in the future for me to make is I, I need a point card that actually passes the ball to other people. Um, my team just rains threes down like a, like a hell storm onto whoever I'm facing every week. I've got just guys that just drill threes all day long. You know, Seth Curry is shooting 40% from three. Dougie McBuckets in San Antonio, 48% from three. Purely as a role player. That's all he does. His whole job is just rain down those three-pointers, and he does it with panache. You know, Grayson Allen is... Probably the Grayson Allen is also shooting 44% from he's, he's outstanding. He might be a terrible person, but at least he's not tripping people anymore. And that's all I need. I just ate him on the court. What's funny is I expected my team to start out slower um, because I had so many long-term kind of bets on some of these guys, you know, like I picked up Kobe white pretty shortly after the draft and he was injured. Um, Jonathan Isaac 
was was a guy I took a stab out of the draft because I hope that he can come back later in the season and deliver on the potential that everybody saw before he got injured. TJ Warren, same thing. You know, like I, I think those guys come back and are really important for middle parts of my roster. Uh, I did not see the Seth Curry breakout happening. You know, I, I didn't see getting Grace and Allen and Ubre off waivers. And God, Ubre is so great. I'll never give him to Andrew ever. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I like my team. I like my team as it stands right now. Kuzma probably is a future keeper for me. But no, I have no thoughts of trading LeBron. I do have thoughts of not keeping him. And my offer to Neil was Bam Adebayo and uh, I offered him Dort and he didn't want Dort. So I offered Seth Curry for James Harden and Jaron Jackson. And he considered it because Bam Adebayo in the third round. I mean, if, if Bam's healthy, he's a top 20 player and a top three big in the league. So oh, yeah. having him in the third round and trading away a first and second round pick, neither of whom you would keep. And then also getting a late round keeper in Seth Curry. I think that made Neil at least think about it. Um, If he wants that deal again, six weeks from now, I'm not sure it's there because even then I was just, I was seeing stars. I was like, man, if I could add these two guys to my already just simmering lineup, it was probably a stupid offer. Like from a keeper perspective, it was probably dumb, but uh well th- but that's the thing is not if you're not going to keep lebron because then in theory harden just replaces lebron or you just put them both back in the first round and you have a good chance of getting one or the other i mean bam in the third is is the type of chip that you would think if you are going to trade him it would be for that kind of elite keeper i mean right. i bam is is averaging in 12 games this year so it's not like he's been you know um it's not like he's really missed time he's averaging like 20 points 11 rebounds and he's shooting over 50 percent from the field and he is underperforming in comparison to what was expected of him i mean yeah only three assists you would think is down from last year part of that is probably of course kyle lowry existing in that rotation right uh but that was a big part of his value last year is I felt like he was almost like uh, not like point center because now I feel like Jokic is a real point center, but like, what did he average last year? Assist wise. Yeah. Like he averaged five, five and a half assists a game last year, sure. five assists a game the year before that. So yeah, you would think if you, you he's averaging half of that right now. Either so. way, I have some optimism about my team or just putting up points. I'm making all the all the moves that I possibly can. I make my five moves every week, and that's why I lead the lead the league in points right now. Nobody else has over a thousand points. Um, the I mean, Victor. That, the reason we line up so well, I've I've got almost 300 more points than Victor in four weeks. Like we can make each other better, Victor. Let's do this. Um, that's all I have to say about my team. That's my time. Thank you for listening. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. We're in the the home stretch. We got four teams left, uh, and I think the people like a lengthy episode. Sure. Remember when we were talking about team? Na- no, I'm just kidding. Um, the next team up in the three and one um, kind of log jam 
at the top is I love Derek, uh, Andrew, uh, Mr. Here's the thing, even though I'm pretty sure all of us say here's the thing all the time. But now Max has made it. That's another bit where apparently Andrew is Mr. Here's the thing, because Max doesn't like how their trade negotiation went down. Yeah, we were, we were doing some, again, <laughs> we had been, uh, been doing a little bit of drinking and, and basically the long and the short of it is Andrew said, oh, in order to get this player, you'd have to give me this player. And I said, okay. And he said, well, here's the thing. And I said, no, I gave you what you asked for. Don't you hear? He's the thing, man. He basically tried to negotiate with himself. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. He did. I, I will say we don't have to go so deep into it, but I think he was just drunk and confused himself, but, or I don't even, maybe I was the one that was drunk and confused, but yeah, I thought it was like, I thought the rhetoric was if I was going to trade Dame Lillard, I would need to get Bam out of bio back. And you said something to the effect of, okay, sure. And then he said, yeah, here's the thing. And it's like, okay, well that would, you don't have to accept that trade, but you did, you kind of just, ask for that trade right he's like, screaming into his headphones right now like he is so angry right now oh uh, he will be on a future podcast i think we all know looking at his team as it stands i don't i don't think he really wants to shop dame lillard because he's not going to sell low on dame lillard but obviously dame is shooting 28 percent from three under 40 percent from the field you know, he's, he's, his, you know, if he's shooting his normal percentages, his 20 points a game is much closer to 30. Uh, it's just like, you know, I, I think his entire outlook right now is, is contingent on how long does it take for Dame to get back to those numbers? Because otherwise he will just have to sell low on him, which is obviously he's not going to come out ahead. Thankfully he's got, the opportunity, in my opinion, to buy himself a lot of time, which is why he's three and one, because he's got dudes that are way overperforming, namely Miles Bridges. Well, he's got a lot of them, but the biggest overperformer, I would say, is Miles Bridges and also Tyler Hero. So, um, you know, I love me some Tyler Hero, uh, but I just think he's, you know, he's got a very good team, but I think his, his outlook is very d- dependent on whether or not Dame plays like the third overall pick in our draft. Yeah. So this is a weird, really weird constructed roster. Mr. Power forward center. Um, yep. He loves a big. Nurkic, Griffin, Capella, Aldridge, Covington, Randall, Stiakam. That's six people who can play power forward center. Um at point guard, not bad. Lillard, Hero, Halliburton. You know that's that's great. You know, uh, and at small forward, we're talking Little, Royce, and well, Miles just and is, Miles Bridges. He's good. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying we can see where the depth of this team is not. And shooting guard and small forward is pretty like like desperately thin um which kind of like by just on the surface here says you know he's just gonna crush you in rebounds and blocks and everything and just you know just punt um 
uh, punt assists and three pointers, which, you know, it doesn't look like it's a hundred percent the case, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's three and one with this strategy. Uh, you know what you're, what you're getting when you, when you face him. Um, I don't like the way this is constructed. Now I know he's a trader. He's a mover. He likes to move and he's going to, you know, try to get stuff done. I think both trades this season has uh, him involved. <laughs> so I, I, I know he's going to try to move some of this. It's just a question of what will he try to move? Um, you know, I think that he could be a hardened guy. And I think that would probably help him with a lot of the things he has going on. I think that he could move uh, if he, if he include Halliburton uh, and maybe like Julius Randall, he could go Oof. get him right now. I mean, would you do it? No, you wouldn't do that. No, no, no. Well, no. Halliburton is the right starting piece. I think okay. Julius Randall is, if I'm Andrew, Julius Randall's the biggest relief of this season that he was clearly not a fluke. Like he's clearly a, a fantasy stud on the Knicks. I think if the I, biggest relief is Tyler Hero. Well, no, I mean, Tyler Hero, like Hero's, you know, Hero's like a great draft pick, but like Randall was his sixth round keeper. And it was like much the same way as I'm sure Knicks fans were in real life. Like, man, I hope this team doesn't just like bottom out and we're just like last year was cool. And Julius Randall in particular, like, yeah, he's averaging 20 and 10 again. And so Andrew can feel good about that as one of his cornerstone keepers. A hero he, was a great draft pick. Yeah. Right. He right. and Miles Bridges were two of the 10 best picks across all the teams of guys that weren't kept and Andrew's got both of them. Uh, did Andrew not keep Miles Bridges? Oh, he did keep Miles Bridges. That was also fun. The Andrew the a couple weeks ago, because he had been considering whether to keep Bridges in the 11th or Larry Nance Jr. Jr. <laughs> and he was like, remember when I almost didn't keep Miles Bridges for Larry Nance Jr.? And I think I was an advocate for Larry Nance Jr. So this is why I finished in 11th place. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got some moves, but I think that at some point here, you got to go make a move for for Harden. And I think he has the stuff to do it if he can do it. However he can do it, he needs to go and try to make a move for Harden um, and uh, and try to, uh, you know, clean clean up this roster a little bit because, honestly, having LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin on your roster is just going to frustrate you. It's not – I. Either of well, them could go off in one night, but both of them will never go off in. in well, he night. just picked up Blake Griffin a couple hours ago. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. Aldridge is Aldridge is always. I I don't know if he drafted Aldridge, but I think Aldridge above streaming now. But Blake Griffin, I've had Blake Griffin like he must have just cleared waivers from when I dropped him for Andrew to have picked him up today. Yeah. Halliburton and Siakam for Harden would be a very interesting deal, in my opinion, because Siakam's in the third. And when fully healthy, I mean, Siakam looked like he could have been, you know, top 20 overall player. We don't really know. Like, we know he's good. We don't know how good he is now. But pair that with ninth round Halliburton, Halliburton who uh, it's him and Rashawn Holmes in Sacramento. Name other players in Sacramento. Darren Fox, Buddy Heald. Okay. Yeah. Name, uh, name Harrison Barnes. Players. Name, name players on their bench. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I think Jim the Bam Adebayo, the Bam Adebayo offer, I'd rather Bam Adebayo than anyone in the 
uh, in that offer. Like, I, think you, I think your offer from your own team beat your offer from Andrew's team. I'm saying that that's two keepers you want. Uh, Siakam and Halliburton, uh, to me, that's that would be an outstanding starting point for Harden. It would, I mean, yeah, I think it would end up having to expand out from there. The thing with Harden is I feel like I don't want a upside keeper for him. I want somebody who's like, maybe not, but like is still a star caliber player in a later in like a much later round. So like, uh, like he, uh, he might obviously think differently. That's how that's sort of like my opinion on things, but like, I don't Halliburton is, is doing a lot of the same stuff he did last year. He's averaging double figures. He's shooting a great percentage from the field and from three, but also like, He's averaging like less, you know, under 14 points and under six assists a game. So it's like in the ninth round and with his upside, he's a great player to have, but I wouldn't, he, I could, I don't think I could think of him right now as a meaningful piece in an offer for someone like Harden. You're not getting a blue chip. Like for, for an unkeepable play, you are not getting two late round blue chip keepers because at the end of the day if i'm if harden is the 20th best player in fantasy this year top maybe 15th he's not number one anymore he's probably somewhere around like 15th best player in fantasy i have no reason to give you the 25th best player in fantasy that's seven rounds behind him you know what i mean like the right but there's a diminishing return there but sure but tyrese halliburton is again i think you know yahoo ranks him very high because yahoo loves the percentages you are winning and you have recognized this you're winning because you have good counting stats so is andrew uh halliburton is one of many good pieces on his team but halliburton as a a piece is again he's averaging under 14 points and six assists a game well i think siakam is the bigger part siakam is the is the bigger part i think uh i would the way i see uh I think I'm just distorted maybe still on how I see James Harden. I didn't make a huge run at him, especially now hearing some of these other offers that were made for him. Uh, I'm sure I didn't rank very high, but I like, I mean, he's still average. He's got to be averaging over 10 assists a game still. Probably. Yeah. And, but keep in mind, my offer was also for him and Jaron Jackson, Neil's second round pick. So, oh yeah, that's right. So that's where I'm like, yeah, my my offer definitely offered more, but I also got more back. Um, that's that's true. Sorry, Huck. We we kind of would, would you kinda, do Harrow, Siakam, Halliburton? No, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do. I mean, if he more. sent something back, like maybe with uh, Brogdon and Harden, I would do maybe Hero Halliburton for uh even then i don't know like why why would you trade tyler hero for anything right now you know what i mean mean? because i feel like having harden would be better than having tyler hero how much better a lot better i think in my in my mind like overall a full season a lot better there will be games this year seventh rounder you know there will be games where uh Kevin Durant does not play and Harden comes out and triple doubles with 30 points. I agree with you there. I just, I don't think, I mean, there's, there's an emotional aspect of this and Andrew's definitely tied to Tyler hero, 
Tyler Hero in the seventh. Like, hey, if I'm Andrew, I'm looking at this and going, Capella in the fourth, Randall in the sixth, Hero in the seventh, Bridges in the eleventh. These are non-negotiable. Like, unless my team, unless I'm like just paying for a championship, like unless he can all but guarantee a championship, those are guys he rides with. I, I think he he can work around that for a temporary value like Harden. I, I just I don't see I don't see him trading his future, especially when if he gave up three guys, those three guys for Harden and Brogdon, I think it's a net like it nets out pretty even. Oh. Yeah, I it's he doesn't really I he doesn't really stand to gain much in doing the quantity for for quality type move. I mean, those are all three quality assets going out, but I think it's uh I think it's even more diminishing returns if he doesn't get if if it just opens up a stream spot, you know, and he doesn't get three above streaming players because right now he's he's set up with a lot of guys who are really good in counting stats and a lot of them happen to play in the post but i i i think yeah if i'm neil i want uh which i guess this is why he hasn't traded harden but i would want like off of off of andrew's team i feel like i would want like uh if i'm gonna get halliburton i would want like capella and halliburton i don't think that's for harden and jaron jackson I oh my gosh I no I if I not were, even close what about uh, and this I is would the say last, that's not even not even for Harden that's a good trade last suggestion I would make Siakam and Bridges for Harden and Brogdon he can't afford to give up small four uh, well no no I I understand from a small forward perspective does Neil take that deal. Depends on what Neil thinks of Siak- like Siakam just came back and he's like, so he's looking very good, but it's like, I, it just depends on how much of a sample size Neil needs to be assured. Oh, Siakam's a roll of the value. dice. Siakam's a roll of the dice. Bridges is the 11th round top 15 player right now. I mean, yeah, Bridges is, yeah, he's averaging north of 21.7 rebounds. He or Hero, I don't know. A Capella in uh, upgrading Jaron Jackson to Capella in the fourth as a low post player right now and keeper wise, and upgrade you know and getting Tyrese Halliburton in the ninth, and then Andrew still probably going to put either Dame or Harden back in the first round again for Neil to potentially take. Like I don't think that's, but I would want one of Andrews those four core keepers that Max rattled off. I'd want one of those four. And then like a support piece, and then send back Harden and like a support piece. I don't think Neil makes that deal for another three months. Like he would have to yeah. be guaranteed. I'm out of the playoffs. I'm done. My first two rounds no longer matter to me anymore. Like, and we we kind of saw two phases of trade markets last year. Like right now, it's more the like you're talking about with Victor, where it's like, hey, Roto says I'm good at this and bad at this, and it says you're good at that and bad at that, and let's trade and help. But then when we got closer to the deadline, like Huck, Huck, I guess, was the first one to do it. But myself, Andrew, a lot of us were like, well, we're fucked. So the buyers and sellers really delineated really starkly. And but we're way too early for that right now. Yeah, I think I think you're right. 
Um, okay, we have three teams left. Um, next up, come on. Next up is Macho Man Randy Savage. Mm. Uh, I'm sure Max will have only nice things to say about Huck's team. Huck, like I just alluded to, uh, was probably the first of the sellers last year, and that definitely paid dividends for him. But Huck also, in the form primarily of LaMelo Ball, not only him, but I mean, shit, that's the best one. Um, you already had John Moran as a keeper, as a cornerstone, but you also drafted very well, in my opinion. Like Franz Wagner is, is awesome. Um, boom. I think you drafted Mo Bamba, right? Yes, I did not draft Wagner. Oh, you just add well, great add though. Like, Mm -hmm. that's true. I guess he wouldn't, I wouldn't have made sense for him to be drafted, but take the compliment, Huck. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'll just make sure he knows. No, it's fair. That's all fair. But I think he's above streaming now. But you've, uh, you've obviously got a lot of people, um, who are above streaming. And I think you had kind of like me, you had a lot of keepers who weren't like blow your mind, but their value, their value above round was like Jeremy Grant in the ninth, for instance, like it's not like Jeremy Grant is this end all be all, but like he's easily four or five rounds better than where you kept him, which matters more than keeping like a second or third round talent in the first, like that separation matters. In my opinion, you have a lot of guys who are like that. So I like your team in that regard. I mean, another parallel you have with me, like we have stars, but we don't have the star power of like a, of like a chase, but I think we at least have the starting points to get tradesy throughout this year and yeah. make a run. So I, I see us as kindred spirits roster wise right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm very reluctant to trade right now. Um, but anyway, I, found well, I am too. Yeah. Like I, I, I look at other people's teams and I'm like, I just don't want to let this guy go. Um, but go ahead, Max. If you want to say terrible things? Go ahead and say terrible. Such things. terrible things. <laughs> so last year, first trade I made all year was Keldon Johnson, unkeepable, and Lamelo Ball, keepable, for <laughs> Lou Dort and Andrew Wiggins. And looking back, I'm thinking I probably shouldn't have made that trade. Uh, I. Uh, if you want to do a swap, uh, which I don't have uh, Wiggins anymore, but if you want to trade me, Keldon Johnson, now keepable, and LaMelo Ball, I'll send you Lou Dort and I don't know, one of the guys that I picked up off waivers. We can discuss it afterwards. You can think about it for a minute. Um, Sorry, no. No, it's a it's a hard no. Okay. Hard, hard no on letting go of LaMelo Ball. What, what what feels good is I know I'm going to win turnovers this week because Huck has Westbrook. Like, the man has 80 turnovers. Yeah. That's 20 turnovers every week. I did the math. <laughs> that's not good. Like, that's real bad. Um, the interesting thing about Huck's team, the construction of his team, is that so he's number two in the league in points behind yours truly because we score so much. Um, but Hux isn't as Hux is a little bit more like spread out. Like I, I get a lot of my points from, from timely ads. Like I add people and for three days, 
because I look at team schedules and I want to make sure I get the most out of my ad drops and things along those lines. And that's where I win counting stats. Huck has guys that he's going to have on his roster for the foreseeable future and probably has more guys on his team in general right now that have over 200 points than any other team in the league. Like I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys on his roster with over 200 points, which, you know, the guys that are barely missing that are like Mo Bamba, who's been a good player so far this year. Uh, Franz Wagner, who, who Ethan brought up has been a great ad averaging 13 plus points a game. Like Huck gets a lot of scoring out of guys that are just going to be on his roster. And so he can kind of save his moves for other stats. Now, unfortunately there are no moves that are going to make Westbrook turn the ball over less. Um, but luckily he'll, he'll help you out in other ways, getting those triple doubles. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like Huck's team, especially if John Morant keeps doing what he's doing. He's finally starting to pay off. I mean, how close were you? If somebody offered you a trade, literally just about anything worth keeping for John Morant last year, would you have been at least that it would have piqued your interest? Yeah, probably not. Um, the thing is, he's the fourth. Now, if he was like a second or third, if I would have jumped on him. So in the original draft, the original draft, I was last pick. And so I got him on the first pick of the fourth round, the turn. And I made sure to do that um, at the time. It was, it was a terrible draft. I drafted awful. But that was one thing where I was like, okay, you did good there. I, you know, good job doing picking that one. Um, I believe he is the only person on my team that's from that original roster. Um, Mistakes were made. You know? So, yeah, I mean, because that original roster was so, it was so dog shit, you know. Um, but I made sure to push him into the fourth. So in the fourth, he's got really, really good value, no matter if he's MVP candidate or, you know, just some kind of like middling point guard. I thought that he could, you know, be good now. He's looked really, really good this season. So um, if I was maybe in a playoff chase or something last year, but then maybe I would have considered it more. And honestly, the first thing that came to my mind when, when Harden was brought up was like, do I trade John Moran? And I don't because of the, you know, I don't think that Harden is that much better than John Moran, but that would be the kind of trade where Neil would go. Yeah, sure. Hand him over. Um, so, so yeah, no, I would never let go of John Moran. Uh, he's he's paying off this season. I mean, your team's going to get absolutely massacred this week. But aside from that, I mean, it's it's nice. It's it's good that the three of us are all competitive teams now. After like, I felt like every week we were coming on the podcast and like shitting on everybody else's team that was ranked above us. Like, I I made a habit of being like Brennan's going to lose this week, and like he never did. Um, but I kept saying it. And now I'm like, okay, you can take what I'm saying seriously because my team isn't absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, for all of you people out there who may be like, my team sucks. I don't know how to fix it, whatever. I'm not saying that I did 
a fabulous job on rebuilding this this year. That's exactly what he's saying, by the way. No, I, I mean, I'm three and one <laughs> through four games, but I'm not saying that, that you know, I, I wrote the book on this, but I'm just saying there's, you don't have to be perfect in getting people uh, in the, in later rounds, but the key is don't have anybody in the first or second round. Just don't like free yourself up to add, you know, put together this team that you think is decent at the end of the year, these keepers that are decent, free yourself up in that first, second round. I mean, my team minus, uh, Westbrook, Hayward, um, Keldon, uh, Mo Bamba, like those are the people I drafted this year. Um, those people might, if I didn't have those, the opportunity to pick those people, uh, this team wouldn't be even close uh, to what it is. So I'm just saying, free the top of your draft, make sure there's nothing up there um, just so you can, you, I'm not encouraging people to trade their first and second rounders to me. If you want, you can, but, uh, but yeah, just make sure that uh, you, no matter how good your first round pick is, no matter who it is, whether it be, you know, Zion or whoever, uh, Embiid or whatever, just the best player in the league, Luca. Um, get rid of them, and and start from from scratch. Get some, get a package for him, and and see what you can do. So unless it's LeBron, greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah, I would trade. I would get a package for LeBron right now. But keep your packages away from me. He will not. LeBron is mine. Let me say one more thing that really grinds my gears around about my own team. So in football, I've had this thing where it's like, play Trey Lance. Why aren't you playing Trey Lance? It's like ruining me week to week. Like I've, I want you to play Trey Lance. I have so much invested in Trey Lance. I think he's a great player. That offense would just run so well with him in it. And, you know, I know this is not a football podcast, but I'm just, I'm getting a point here. Why can't you just play Emmanuel quickly? Why can't Emmanuel quickly play more minutes? He's averaging 16 and a half minutes a night. He is an amazing basketball player, an amazing basketball player, and he needs more minutes. And I feel like the, he is seven or 6% owned or 6%. Yeah. 6% owned 3% started in fantasy leagues. Like play Emmanuel quickly. He's a great basketball player. The guy he, can't shoot the deuce. He checks all the boxes. He can. He can. I mean, he is a great player. He just needs minutes. I wish Kimball Walker would go and just lay down in a ditch somewhere <laughs> because quickly <laughs> needs more minutes. He needs more minutes now. Uh, and until he gets more minutes, I will still uh, bang on the wall, begging for more quickly. Minutes. was prepared for a precious you know, like I, I, I was fully prepared. Like, fuck Siakam, Precious. No. Achiuwa. Precious gets his minutes. Precious had a decent season. He's had a few double doubles already, and uh, you know, he's 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 done all right. But uh, you know, he's not obviously not playing right now. But um, he's somebody that you know, can start in a pinch. Let me tell you, he and the crucifix can't shoot the free throw. Like the charity stripe for them is not the charity stripe. It's a trap. Yeah. Yeah. My whole team's having some problems with the old free throw. Um, Westbrook 
for instance. But <laughs> and he shoots so many free throws and misses so many of them. Yeah, my percentages aren't aren't doing you know very well, but um, you know, hopefully yeah, I'm three and one. You know, so, I was the, gonna say you put yourself uh, out in the front group, uh, it, you know, in the early going. So you know, you know, you built yourself some margin for error. Yeah, um, last year my percentages were bad, but my points were also bad, which is means that my guys were shooting and missing a lot yeah it's it's not what you want Uh, the the categories that are that have the greatest correlation between roto between like roto score and and success in the standings are field goals made and points scored all five teams that are in the top five in our standings are all top five in both of those categories and all five of the bottom five teams in our standings are bottom five in both of those categories. Like Mm -hmm. the teams that have the most field goals made and the most points scored are the teams that are winning right now. And I believe it was that way last year too. I mean, it's not a hard and fast rule that, you know, just universally applies, but I think, um, you know, that's where somebody like chase is going to always be scary. Um, Another team that is scary in that way is another are the last of our three and one teams last year's runner up. You once knew him as Hong Kong heroes. Now he is the jab or walkies, which is to say that he kept Kyrie Irving in the second round. Um, mm. That's a bummer, but also like he did that. And then two weeks he kept Kyrie. And then two weeks later, the, all the shit went down. And so it's just bad luck, but he still has, a fantastic team. Um, obviously, Nikola Jokic is his best player. He is the reigning MVP. And as Luke sent in the group text today with that stat, like he's having an even better year this year so far. Um, but Brennan's another guy who uh, it's not just roster depth, but like he has dudes that shoot the ball a lot. And so like uh, Terrence Ross is such a role player. He's such a like a a whatever player, but like he gets to shoot the ball a lot. Duncan Robinson and Joe Harris are like just snipers, but they get to shoot the ball a lot. And they'll have a lot of three pointers made a three pointer made affects five of the 11 categories. So like, you know, Joe Ingles fits that mold. I believe he's, yeah, he did. Joe Ingles probably above streaming. I don't, I don't think he streamed him, but um, you know, he's had a couple of, of nice surprises like Montrez Harrell, he already knew he was good with bigs with Miles Turner and Valanciunas, but like, and go, uh, and he drafted Gobert. But I really like his team because he is set up with like shot takers. In basketball, you want shot takers. Yeah, I'm with like, you on that one. Like your boy at the bar, he's got <laughs> shot takers. What's the deal with Jonas Valanciunas shooting threes this year? It's 59%. Valanciunas. Like yeah, it's only he's he's made sixteen of them. This isn't like a nothing sample size. No, I mean he won't finish the year shooting fifty nine percent from three. But yeah, he's uh, Valanciunas is is like is having an incredible start to the season. He's sort of he's sort of a, a good example. And like Vucevic when he was in Orlando would do this. Like you know how I feel about empty stats on losing teams and like the Pelicans when Zion's not in there are the worst team in the league 
and Jonas Valanciunas just gets to do whatever the fuck he wants all the time. That he's shooting 59% from three is insane. He's got Jokic, Valanciunas, Gobert, um, Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Like that's uh, at and a Montrez certain, Harrell. And, and Montrez Harrell, who's having an outstanding year at a certain point. If I'm him, I mean, right now he's got no reason to really change anything because he's three and one. But at a certain point, I start to look at teams that are lacking those big men stats and go, hey, I've got what you need. You know, like it's I feel like last year the big premium was rebounds. um, And I'm not sure that this year it seems like everybody's looking for assists. But I just know and I I haven't looked at the roto ranking specifically for teams like this because I don't have a bunch of rebounds to give. Um, but I, yeah, Brennan could make some moves, uh, for sure. With this kind of roster, they are very big, heavy. They are what Andrew's roster dreams of being. Um, yeah. You want to hear something crazy? I hadn't looked all the way through every single person's Roto, but Brennan, so he was wire to wire first in Roto last year. He's first in Roto right now. He ranks in the top five in every single fucking category, except for assists where he's eighth turnovers where he's eighth and then free throw percentage where he's dead last but he ranks in the top five in rebounds blocks points three-point percentage three-pointers made field goal percentage field goals made like he just dominates in every like so he could trade bigs away but like he doesn't need other things but he needs assists mildly but like you need assists he doesn't I, need assists i'm gonna keep the tradition going and say that he loses to chase this week though i'll tell you that right now <laughs> he he's gonna be so happy to hear that good huck what do you think of brennan's team i think brennan's team is uh is obviously pretty damn good like like uh like ethan said top five in every uh roto category um he's got a lot of players that you don't necessarily look at like Oh, I really need to have him. Eric Bledsoe, Mike Conley. I feel like these are the kind of most boring players that you need to win fantasy championships. Montrez Harrell, um, you know, the they're they're not showstoppers um, by any means, but they they fill the spot. And like he said, uh, he's got a lot of three point specialists. Uh, making three pointers uh, is key to winning fantasy. Yeah, especially in our in our uh, in our category, I think it's nine cat nine category driven league. Um, I still feel like Kimball Walker should go lie down somewhere and just you know retire. Uh, but he's obviously playing a lot better than he did at the beginning of the season. Um, he was playing like dog shit at the beginning of the season. He's come out and put back to back productive games uh, for for shooting. Um, but yeah, I, I like his team. I think it's uh, with Jokic. This is a, a scary team, and uh, he'll probably be in the talks for for a championship again this year. Yep, it. I you gotta you gotta think. Uh, you gotta think that finishing uh, second last year weighing on his mind, or if it wasn't, it should. Brennan, think about it. You don't want to. You don't want to. Blow this first in roto again, you know. <laughs> it takes well just... it takes a, a a real man to finish in eleventh place and not even worry about his <laughs> roto despair. My question uh, is: If Brennan wins, do you think he comes down for his trophy ceremony? Yeah, I bet he would. 
I like that. I don't want anybody anyway. to win that's not going to uh, be a part of a trophy ceremony. So throwing that out there. <laughs> uh, and we finish with the team, the only undefeated team. He's rewarded for his 4-0 start by being buried two and a half hours into this podcast episode. He is rum ham, slam, oh. and he is 4-0. Um, he, uh, he is, I swear, last year, I think it was Trevor uh, as well, who the narrative where it was like, man, his roto is way behind what his actual record is. And he sort of like, you know, he and Luke on opposite sides of the coin are that case study through only four weeks, but it's like, uh, I looked at his team and I'm not, you know, I guess it's really competitive at the top Vucevic and Jamal Murray, not playing sucks, but, uh, but like he's, I, you know, his team is still really good. It's not hard at all for me to believe that he is, uh, that he's four. No, I really like his, um, I really like his guard depth as well. Maybe I'm biased, but Malik Monk on this Lakers team gets to, uh, I mean, he's getting over 22 minutes a game. I think he's going to be a kind of streaky scorer. Um, and maybe he's a streamer for him, but if he is, I'm going to scoop Malik Monk right up. Um, Norm Powell, I think a lot of us love, and I won't read his whole roster, but, um, you know, he's also what's going to be interesting for him is he's got kind of in a Victor style. He's got a lot of dudes who do like the other things, quote unquote, like Davion Mitchell, um, like Harrison Barnes, averaging eight rebounds out of a small forward spot, stuff like that, um, that I think makes him like sneakily dangerous. And how about Harrison Barnes, the guy that I forgot was still on the Kings putting up a year right now. Like that's one of Trevor's many guys. that's just filling up the stat sheet. Him, De'Aaron Fox, Carl Anthony Towns, obviously a stud. He's doing all this without Vucevic and Murray and Vucevic. I mean, even before he got hurt was not last year's Vucevic, like Vucevic on the bulls clearly makes the team better, but he's not the one man fantasy machine that he was in Orlando. And so, you know, it's it's funny. I still think Trevor's team right now is better than they were last year. Part of that might be because Carl Anthony Towns has been consistently healthy for once. But like when he gets Vucevic all the way back up and Jamal Murray back, I mean, I like Aaron Gordon. Draymond Green is a real piece of shit, but he's a good guy to have in fantasy. And then the Harrison Barnes breakout, De'Aaron Fox and Andrew Wiggins is a good blue guy. Like Trevor's got a pretty stacked roster. I, I know that roto wise he's not doing so well but we've said it in baseball we can say it here roto wins or i mean being the best in roto doesn't necessarily make you the best in the league you just got to win the majority of categories every week and he's got yep. a team that's set up to do that and i think he's better than what his roto score even led on i was like uh let's see how trevor's getting lucky and then i was looking at his team's like oh i can't this just speaks to the depth of our league i guess because i this seems like this team should rank higher than where it does in Roto. Cause yeah, I like his, his depth in a lot of the in-between positions. Yeah. Is Huck still I, here? Oh, he yeah. Is I, I would absolutely trade for Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green is just a wonderful fantasy basketball player. Um, and, and I wish he was on my team, but it, he is not. 
Um, you know, I, I think that this team is, is really set up. He's, I don't think it's a first place undefeated team. Um, but it's, I mean, it is, but I don't think it's a first place undefeated team that, you know, it stays there for, for a long period of time. Um, but I think it's a great team. I think, uh, he's complained about, uh, Vucevic, you know, not being the guy he was last year with the magic. You had to expect that. Um, you had to expect that he wasn't going to come out and dominate in points and, and rebounds like he was in the past. Um, you know, Patrick Williams getting lost for the years, it's a tough break. Uh, and Jamal Murray, you know, being out, uh, you know, he has room to improve for sure. And I know it's weird saying that for somebody who's four and oh, um, but you know, I, I think that, uh, I, this is definitely a playoff team and, uh, again, four and oh, um, and, and, uh, I, I like what he's done. Do I think he's better than last year? No, I don't. I think last year his team was, was pretty scary. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's put together a good beginning of the year. Let's see who he's beat. Uh, I was just looking at that right now. No joke. He's beaten Victor. Um, <laughs> nobody good. Victor, Chris, no, Victor's <laughs> two and two. Okay. Uh, Chris, who's oh three and one. That's the best is, eight. um, young, dumb and full of cun. Who's one, two and one, but also just beat Paul. So it's not like that's a walkover. Transitive property. Um, transitive property. Yeah. Just like college football. And then, uh, Luke and my balls. So, so yeah. So he's beaten three, three 11 and two is their combined record. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so I think his team's good. Don't get me wrong, but I, do I think that they are a, uh, 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 number one overall team. No, I, I don't. Unfortunately, he's a couple weeks away from having just a real shitty stretch. Uh, like, and these aren't. It's not necessarily teams that he can't beat. I think he could beat any team in the league at this point. But you know, he's got Paul obviously good, Luke obviously good, Neil going through tough times, and then he's got back to back to back to back to back to back. Ethan, Chase, Huck, Max, Brennan, Andrew. Like, ugh. yeah, that's that's not spreading it out at all. Right. And it's what's interesting. Uh, you know, last year we started like in Christmas week, the NBA did. And uh, and this year, you know, by Christmas week, we're already going to be like seven or eight matchups into the season. Uh, and, you know, where there's be it's a longer fantasy regular season so we won't do a we won't do a full two round robins but we will uh you will play most teams twice so if that means that he is going to get a lot of these easy teams twice he should hopefully get some of these difficult teams twice as well so that can be that will be very interesting i think after 13 weeks looks like he doesn't he plays his weeks one through eight all over again so you're the only team, you and Paul, I'd say, are the two scary teams that he has to face twice. Dang. So, Trevor, looking good? I bet I'm going to make the playoffs. <laughs> well, and he does have a, a good team. But, yeah, this is sort of a good case study for why it went to divisions in baseball. And we can talk about it with basketball, but it's also easier to do in baseball with with not having ownership changes year over year. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest appeal of it in my mind is better scheduling balance 
And with 21 weeks, we could, we could better schedule balance, but also again, it's, it's completely random. And this year, so I don't want to hear any bitch from Hashtag any of you. Love my division. Yes, yeah, oh, I'm trying to think of what the basketball equivalents to our baseball divisions would be. I don't know. Be Top, for, topic for another week. Uh, yeah, future episode. I think we wrap this up here. We were going to do trivia. We are going to end this one here, but I'm going to to pose the trivia, uh, um, and then I'll. Um, in a couple of days, I'll put the answer in the group text and um, you can see how you did. So uh, before we sign off, I was kind of talking about like field goals made and points scored are the biggest indicators of like winning right now in our league. So from an individual player standpoint, I wanted to see who among like the top 25 to 30 players and field goals made every game, like per game um, is shooting at least 50%. And so out of the top 30 guys who are all averaging at least seven made field goals a game, only seven of those 30 are doing it at at least 50% shooting. So try and see how many guys you can name that are making at least seven shots from the field a game on at least 50% shooting per game. I'll put the, and this is as of what's today, Tuesday, where's my phone? 16th, Tuesday the 16th, but, and I did it this morning. Um, I mean, I was doing work at my job this morning, but I accidentally found this information. So I saved it. So it's before even the Tuesday games. Um, but don't be that guy that goes and looks at the stats. I guess, um, I will say of the seven answers, six of the guys are not only NBA all-stars, but they've all six made multiple all-stars. So it's, there's, uh, it's not like there's a bunch of trick answers. Um, so anyway, that is the trivia for this week. I hope everybody enjoyed hearing about everybody else's team. I don't know if we will, uh, get back to ever doing these weekly again, but we will, uh, have more like segments and stuff like that on future episodes. We wanted to make sure everyone's team was discussed tonight. So, uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Max Huck, do you have any uh, thoughts to sign off, trade, um, solicitations, things of that nature that we love so much? Uh, yeah, Max is probably going to beat me this week. He's going to say something along those lines. Uh, I just wanted to kind of jump out in front of it. So, Actually, uh, so I'm not going to say – so I already said that earlier, but I'm not going to say it again right now because I saved that for later. But I do have to say to – Luke, Neil, and Chase. How's that ass feel? Mm. A tradition as old as time. (laughs) Oh, oh, and I I can't think of a better way to to end the episode than right there. Boys, be thinking about how that ass feels to the rest of y'all. Thanks for sticking in there, listening. Uh, See y'all when we see y'all. Don't y'all got? I see it running after Alonzo. Yeah.
what you say? See, I don't see. That's the other thing. Oh, okay. I support you. I go to all your games. And you can't sing a little song for me. I hope you go ball. Are you already ball? Basketball just came out. Come on. I got a basketball just. Yeah, that's great. Eat it up. Everybody plays that. 